Uh, why? Why? Uh, why can't you hear a pterodactyl go to the bathroom? I don't know, Ian. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl go to the bathroom? <clears throat> the P is silent. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. <laughs> To the completely unnecessary <laughs> podcast for Tuesday, July 6, 2021, <clears throat> alongside fourth grade book joke Ian Ferguson. <laughs> That's where it came from. My niece got it out of a joke book, but it was good. I'm Pat Contry. We got a fun, fun post-U.S. birthday celebrate, celebratory podcast for you. On the show today, we'll be talking about uh, lots of good stuff. Nintendo Switch non-pro announced uh more updates to uh the intellivision amico stuff uh we're talking about a scumbag seller of the week that's under 18 surprisingly so could be a first for the scumbag seller of the week and i see the current patreon poll topic q a what have you ian how was your how was your weekend it was uh, pretty good i've been going through a lot of things uh no not really Good for uh, you, Ian. <laughs> I've been going through the games on the Steam Summer Sale um, and buying more than I probably should. Anything, anything Pat would like on there? Uh, I don't any, know. Any worm stuff? That's it, on good old games. That's I, I get the sales from good old games. There's tons sales. of shit on sale on the Steam games. I've been mostly looking at like shooters on sale. So um, I got a horror-themed bullet hell shooter called Shikondo. That's pretty good so far. Um, and I just picked up Jupiter Hell, which I've been really into, uh, really Hell. interested in. So Jupiter Hell is, uh, I, I play a lot of roguelikes, um, and there was there's a good roguelike called uh, Doom RL, Doom Roguelike, which takes Doom and like makes a, a roguelike out of it. But the original, the original Doom. Yeah, it, but like, so it's like a, a run and gun roguelike. Um, but it, the original was done with, you know, the ASCII graphics, just like all of them, but it has a really good rule set. Uh, Jupiter Hell is the visual, like, modern take on that. It's still a turn-based roguelike, but it has, like, proper graphics and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Um, so I did that. I also went over to our friend Amy and um, my friend Amy's house uh, for 4th of July, and uh, her and her girlfriend Marjanae cooked, and they made uh, barbecue chicken. Oh. Uh, they got rub and barbecue sauce from the Salt Lick in Austin, which is a barbecue place in Austin. It's really good. Um, Treg used to get brisket from the Salt Lick every Easter. Oh. And uh, Hot Links. I love a Hot Link. Oh. I never buy Hot Links uh, yeah, either. It's rare I have Hot Links. But they're, they're so good. They're I, tasty. They, you, you pay for it later, but they're tasty. They're, they're delicious. Oh, yeah, they're, they're right. spicy. They're spicy both ways. Oh, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, fasting. no, it was it was a it was a good weekend. What did you do? Intermittent fasting. Um, Went to Frank, did a little barbecuing, or grilling, sorry. It's not technically barbecuing uh, on Sunday. Um, he always goes burgers and dogs. He, he makes a good he makes a good patty. He always, he always, he we talked a, about he it. He makes I think, a good I, patty. He's, I think Frank and I have similar secrets yeah. when it comes to the patties. I it's, asked him about the Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce. Um, Worcestershire. Worcestershire. It's like a three. I'm a live, live Three Stooges skit when they, they can't say it. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. He he uses that. He uses uh, salt and pepper. He puts he dices up a little bit of onion, puts it in the meat. He uses eighty twenty. And Frank's burgers are really really good. Does Frank bind with an egg? Yes. Yeah. So do I. Yes. So I, I would do uh, like eighty twenty bind with an egg. Yes. A few shakes of Worcestershire, salt, pepper, and I usually put a little uh, garlic powder in there. That's a good idea. But he's his his grilling is like he smokes great ribs too. He has a smoker, like a small one. 
he does that. So he always makes he always makes for us. His, he he didn't have his friend over. Like his, his older friend Richard wasn't there. Uh, he makes two burgers for each, for us each and two dogs each. They they sell the four Hebrew nationals. They sell a four pack. I guess they don't do a six pack. So the Frank pack. It's the Frank pack. I'm like, why is there four? I didn't know they sold. You usually see like six or ten or twelve. It's so minor interruption. I bought uh, hot dogs from the uh, butcher shop the other day. Uh, okay. Great hot dogs. Seven in a pack. Seven. You know why they want you to? They buy want this. you to buy two. They, they, they want you to buy. They're in cahoots with the bun companies because buns are always six. They want six you to buy or eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seven, seven. That's just evil. Seven. Unless you just double up two into one bun, I guess you can do that. Plus, Frank always goes overboard with the buns. He buys like the gourmet um, mouth is worrying. The gourmet hot dog buns that have like you know the seeds are thick. They don't not the shitty ones for you know not six for a dollar that fall apart when you buy at the supermarket. He buys. He goes overboard on the like the buns for the. Uh, I got some really nice dogs. brioche buns recently for hot dogs. Those were good. Yeah. But Frank has a knack for not buying. I brought this up with a friend recently. I don't mind it, but now I have to be aware. He doesn't eat most of the things I bring over and I buy. No, you it, complain about uh, that every year because I always get leftovers. <laughs> yeah. It's like Ian, like, like I'll buy Frank's like, yeah, like give me some coleslaw and I like the potato salad. And I'm like, okay. Great. That red, and, white, and blue potato salad. No, that's only that's, oh, that's only Vons. At, that's at Vons. That's, that's the like best good ever. Oh, salad. The, that's the best ever because they use the red potatoes and red blue potatoes, cheese and blue bacon cheese and bacon. It's so good. It should be illegal. But um, so I bought a, I buy a lot of coleslaw. Frank usually likes coleslaw. I bought like the big one. It's not like a pound of coleslaw. Um, he already had coleslaw. He had an unopened one from two days ago, a smaller one. But my, my like, but yeah, I don't know if that's still good. I said Frank. It says good until the fifth. <laughs> it's it's still good. You bought it like three ago, days Frank. ago. Um. So then he didn't touch the coleslaw I bought. He did not touch the dill potato salad, which is good. He did not touch that at all. He touched the one thing that he traditionally didn't like was the Mac salad. He, he had, so I bought more than usual, thankfully. And he touched that. New Year, New Frank. And then there was controversy. Dessert controversy. I bought... Um, dessert traversy. Good, good Ian. Dessert traversy. I can't even say it. I bought... Uh, I've always buy two desserts just in case. Frank is like a little kid. He's very picky on his desserts, so I buy two. We love Frank. I, I got the cookies, the caramel like the caramel cookies, uh, chocolate chip cookies from um, Sprouts. And then I got um, from the local place, uh, they had cupcakes. Frank usually likes cupcakes. He doesn't like the gourmet cupcakes. He likes cheap-ass cupcakes. Oh, I like shitty cupcakes with the whipped cream uh, frosting. That is my bag. I, love I like those. both. I like the cupcakes where the gourmet cupcakes. I like both. I, I so, But Frank hates the good ones. The ones that cost like 3 to $4 each. He doesn't like. So they have the $2 each under the counter. The, 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 nice, the nice lady gave me, I, I said, give me two vanilla, two chocolate ones. Great. Uh, two had cherries on top with the cream and two had um, God, uh, Hershey Kiss in the middle. Fresh. Made, made that morning. Fresh. Not like the 12 for like the six dollar pack fresh ones i bring them over and frank got mad at me i don't like cupcakes and i was just like oh my god frank you do like cupcakes oh my I, god. I even know that you can put me on yes, the phone yes. and i'll be like frank i've watched you eat yes, cupcakes thank you um it's not me you may not like cupcakes anymore and that's fine times are allowed to change frank but you can't act like you've always hated cupcakes he's like four years old sometimes if you've always liked cupcakes like he's great at cooking and doing that but when it comes to the periphery stuff it's like a struggle so he ends up, it's funny, so he ended up eating just the hot dogs, and he, he's holding back the burgers for this week, and I, I was like, you know what, I, I didn't eat the whole day. Like, for 4th of July and Christmas Eve, the best night of the year, Christmas Eve, I don't eat the whole day. I'll eat, I had, like, fruit for lunch, and that's it, just to keep the stomach open. I said, okay, I'm going to eat two burgers and two dogs. Oh, no. 
one burger, one dog, and then like I, I said, I'm going to power through a second burger. I ate like not even a third of it. I had like two bites. Like that was a mistake. I should have powered through though because the leftover burgers already made up. They're all sloppy when you put them in the fridge with you know, all, the, all the condiments already on it. Mm, yeah. But it was fun. It was fun hanging out with Frank. Good time. It's a good time. Good times. Unfortunately, we have bad news though. Um, another, you know, we're not doing this every week, but this is a director I love to, to death. Um, was very, I'd say, influential in, in my childhood and probably early pre uh, teenage years. Um, and 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 a, a, one of the most underrated directors ever that no one ever brings up. Richard Donner passed away at ninety one. And uh, Richard Donner is not like one of the names you think of. It's like, oh, this is a guy that. You know he's he's so important to the history of movies, but he's one of those. He's an everyman heavyweight. <clears throat> he was he was a a workman like, very competent, very well loved director that always put in a good effort and did what was required and did a I, lot. Did a lot. I mean, his, um, you look at his uh, movies, which I'm sure you're about to go over. and yeah. the, the guy did a variety of films. I love I love these jack. I love these guys that are like I wouldn't say he's jack of all trades because he he's done some excellent directing, which I'll get into, but. So versatile that you can do all these different genres back to back to back. So if you ever heard of Richard Donner, he he, well, he started with. Uh, I was looking this morning with Ian about he he started directing. He did a ton of TV uh, starting in the nineteen uh, sixty. Did a ton of TV episodes. He did some Twilight Zone. He did Man from Uncle. He did The Rifleman. Have Gun Will Travel. Uh, Wild Wild West. So he started there, and then he got into movies. He's most famous for Superman. Uh, and then right before uh, Superman, he did The Omen, which is also one yeah. that it's like these are go from The Omen to Superman, like that's insane to to do that. And these are some of his first movies. Superman the movie doesn't get sp- spoken uh, a lot enough anymore about how important that movie was and just how incredible that movie was at the time. Um, that was a huge movie when that came out. Obviously, that's the first modern superhero movie you can consider it. The first one that really did justice to the to the the source material and it wasn't a joke you know like right. the adam west stuff it was serious <laughs> and it was like he took that super seriously and of course famously he got screwed out of superman 2 because they filmed superman 1 and 2 at the same time and then they threw him off the project basically right before superman was even released he was tossed off and they they had uh what was it was it richard lester went back and and uh, re- reshot a lot of stuff for superman 2 so they took off um they took his name off it. They took Richard Donner's uh, uh, name off it. So he got screwed out of that. But then they, it was the original Snack Zyder cut. The Richard right. Donner Superman 2 cut was, was, was for, for decades, like, this. there's a cut that exists. He shot all the footage, you know, for, to, to do the whole movie, basically. It was going to be totally different tone, less cartoony, and can't be more serious. And then it finally came out, one of the big, like, um, it wasn't one of the first DVD releases, but it's like, it was like the last gas of DVDs. Like, oh, here's the R- Richard Donner cut. I feel like that was like too. 2006 or something yeah. like that. It was yeah. like, the, you know, the, the, the middle age of DVDs where it's mm-hmm. like, this is why we want DVDs out. So we finally got a credit for that. And it is a better version. It just is. It's less campy. It's just the tone is different. It's darker. The villains are, are the Zod and them are a little bit darker, less goofy. And um, yeah, so he does The Omen, which is considered a classic he does Superman, which is considered, a, you know, a classic. Even stuff like Lady Hawk, which I've never seen, is supposed to be really good. Then he does The Goonies, yeah. which is like a, def- a childhood de- defining movie. That's what I'll Gen always X, think, Gen of, y. Yeah, think of him as, is, is the guy who did Goonies. And that's just like an excellent movie where the kids actually act like kids. They're like written as kids, and they're 
it's, it's almost like he let them I love I would love I never saw the Goonies script before I'd love to read the script to be like were these lines actually written the same way uh, but or he just allowed them to to be themselves because the personalities of all the kids are entirely different they act like kids and it's a fun movie it's a fun movie. Goonies. You know that movie is Excellent. like four hours long if you leave like all the scenes in. There was a there was a couple of scenes. The octopus. It was the octopus scene that wasn't put in. <laughs> There's the octopus scene, which is on the DVD, which I've never actually seen. Which is which is funny because like I love this movie. I used to watch it every day on tape. I, I I was obsessed with it for a long time. There's a scene they run into Troy at like a, at the at like the little um, five and dime store, right, or convenience store. I There's believe so. Like, There's yeah. also a scene underground with um some uh with I think it's like steam pipes, and then there's like a weird scene with like underground monkeys or something like that that wow. never got put in. Yeah, that was either in the original script or it was shot but never put in. But I remember reading something insane that like the unedited cut of Goonies is like. Over four hours long. Really that long, you think? Not yeah, three hours? Because the movie's like 100 minutes. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, it's like a really long cut. It was something weird. I'd have to go back and look at it. And obviously a lot of those stars went on to bigger and brighter things, obviously, yeah. from that. And then you got um, Inside Moves. Then you get Lethal Weapon. The first Lethal Weapon is amazing. Two is all right. By that point, it, it gets sequel, sequel titus where it gets too bloated. And then three and four, we, we don't need it. But the first Lethal Weapon's amazing. Um... Oh, did he really direct the, the Sidney Lauper uh, music video? He was uncredited. Goonies are good enough. He's, he's on. It's on his IMDb. Not surprised. So there you go. Um, and then Scrooged. I, I never saw all Scrooge. I know people that are in love with Scrooged. And then by the '90s, he was getting older. He, he sort of tailed off. But he did Maverick, Assassins, which actually is a decent movie. Assassins, the one with Antonio Banderas and Stallone, um, and Conspiracy Theory. Uh, Lethal Weapon 4 timeline. His last one was 16 blocks. That was the most deaf one with, I think, Bruce Willis, I, I believe. So, um, yeah. And everyone, from what I hear, everyone loved the guy. It was super nice to everyone. Yeah. Just just did his job. Did it well. Didn't want any, you know, the glory of it. And just, you know. No ego. It's hard to find directors with no ego. That's what, that's what you hear, right? Yes. And he was a guy without an ego. So rest in peace, Richard Donner. You want to talk about your your pinball stuff? I do. Uh, so I don't even know how recent this was. I think it's fairly recent because my arcade operator friend uh, texted me last night about it. Um, so this is probably just the past couple of days. But Spooky Pinball is uh, coming out with a new machine. But depending on how you look at it, you can look at it as two machines. Um, I generally like the stuff Spooky has put out. Spooky did one of my favorite modern tables, Total Nuclear Annihilation, um, which is a really hard very fast old school style pinball machine. You've played it before. That's the one I played. Yeah. I, got, I got into it. Once I started learning it, I was like, this is actually pretty good. It's a fun machine. I love it. Um, so their new machine um, is, depending on what you buy, it's either an Ultraman pinball machine or a Halloween pinball machine uh, based on the original um, 1979 uh, Carpenter film. Uh, the Ultraman pinball machine is based on the original TV series, which I've watched through like three or four times. I Hall- love that series. Halloween was 78, I thought, but go on. Uh, yeah, you might be right. Um, so it's funny because these are both machines that I've wanted made in my head. I uh, didn't think that they would both be coming out at the same time. And like I said, as the same machine. So this is interesting. Uh, instead of doing two different machines, it's the same layout, but you pick the theming. Um, I'm kind of torn on so that. So when you order, you mean, you like, I can have that yeah. one or that you one. You can have yeah. Halloween or Ultraman. I'll just change Same table, table, but they change the 
the cabinet, like literally everything is different, but the, but the layout feel, is the same. The layout, so the text is the same. So um, it's got like a it's got like a three layer. It's got like mini tables on the side. Yep. I, I like the look of the machine. Trailer right now. Um, I would really have to play the machine. Oh wow! Yeah, I like the tears. Yeah, I'd really have to play the machine and see how they work the rules into each theme. To really decide which one I the would. rule sets are definitely different. You think so? The rule set, no. I mean, the rule sets are very much similar too, but obviously oh. they're going to change how they phrase certain things. Well, sure, because it's a story so, for each two different properties. Um, so like the um, there's a, like a loading up a um, oh, I like the spinners. Like the multi ball thing is different. Like in the uh, Ultraman one, it's for like the space team, and then for the Halloween one, it's I think it's like the Judith Myers or something like that, like gravestone. Either way, it's interesting. Uh, I definitely want to play the machine. I want to play both of them. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they can work the rules in, like you know, tied in with hey, the Morty. story. They did a Rick and Morty pinball a couple years ago. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow, that probably sold out instantly. They only did seven hundred and fifty. Yeah. Of those, I could probably made ten grand, ten thousand of those things. Are you kidding me? To, to that weird fan base. Um, so, yeah, very interesting. It's obviously a way to save some money, I guess. Well, sure, and you just, you just pay for the licenses at the same time, and because they are different fan bases of both. Obviously, some people are nuts, and they, they, these are you know boomers that have money probably to get both, and they have their big big room somewhere with forty five fucking pinball machines, but. That's a good idea. I imagine for a lot of people, deciding between the two would be a lot easier. But for me, it's yeah, I was going like, to say most people not, are not fans of both. <laughs> yeah. They don't really, or at least converge. not to the level like that I am. But I love both they of both these. Look, they both look gorgeous. Oh, they're like, really nice looking um, machines. Oh, I like the little hedges on the little fake hedges on the the Halloween, Halloween one. one. <laughs> I would That's probably great. have to. I, You'd have to go Halloween. I'd Come probably on, have Ian. to go Halloween. Come on. You kidding me? Are you excited for the new movie? Yeah, I'm very excited for it. I refused to watch the trailer, though, because I heard there was too much given away. Is that it, though? I thought, like, so they they ignore this everything but the first original movie, right? They don't even have the, the second movie from the original one's not the even. Si- no, so, yeah, the, the, this just takes the first movie. Skips everything to the new, re- or not reboot, the, this sequel, and now this third movie. Yeah, Halloween. 2018 Halloween kills and then Halloween ends is going to be the third one. Are they going to do another one after this one? Yeah. The the modern movies are a trilogy. Oh my god. Yeah. It's, oh my god. You got to be kidding me. He's going to be 7 years old Michael Myers but by then. Like what like like are you that scared? I mean I guess he's still ripped. He's still doing his you know his yoga and he's, he's still the shape, do, man. He's doing his I guess he does CrossFit, right? He's a monster. But they show his face in the the, the new one, right? In the one that came out, they show his face finally. He's an old man. He has to be because he was like twenty and seventy-eight. He's got to be over sixty. Yeah, I mean, but they don't put that much thought into it. But he's an old. He's he's as he's older than Jamie Lee Curtis. He's the embodiment of evil. Sure he is. Okay. Sure he is. All right. Anyway, this looks good. This looks this looks fun. This looks fun. This pinball machine. There's an interactive Mike Myers that comes out from the hedges. He pops yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. You have to get that one. Come on, Ian, if you're going to get... Well, what do these cost? Are these like eight grand, ten they're grand? They're probably... Yeah, I'm sure they're expensive. I don't have eight grand for a fucking... Can you get a pinball machine, machine for under under six grand anymore? Do they even, even stern ones? Are they even that much? Uh, I think some ones? stern pros might be like right at that edge. At six? And most people don't pay what the retail price is. They get like some sort of discount through a you know a distributor or something okay. like that. So sticker price on a pinball uh, machine I, is rarely what I think is rarely what people pay, but you're still paying quite a bit. The profit margin on these has to be huge at this point, I'm guessing. Now that they're now that they're manufacturing these regularly again, you know what I mean? Like this 
Yeah. These machines probably were like three grand 20 years ago. I remember I, I, as a Two young, stupid years. kid, yeah. I, called, I called my local arcade distributor <laughs> when Jurassic Park, the original pinball machine, was brand new. 92? And I asked how much it was, and they, sold, they told me it was $3,225. Got to do, do some conversion. It's $3,200? Uh, that's that's what they told. That's what they said off the cuff. I don't think they were expecting. Or yeah, it was about that much. And I don't know. Oh, that'd be sixty one hundred today. Okay. Okay. Wow, that's almost doubled our money in thirty years. I'm surprised about that. So there you go. Okay. But that was a price just to buy it from them, or, or that was that was like a pr- yeah. A it, it was probably out. a year or two old at that point. Honestly, when I'd finally played it and or you know it made the call but i remember it was the first pinball machine i truly loved it was the pinball machine that taught me how to play pinball like i learned how to follow the rules and all that I bought you an ice cream cone and i was like yeah i was like 13 and i was like how much okay thank you goodbye <laughs> all right we gotta move on we're never gonna get through this yeah. intro no we're not tie fighter remake was announced um it looks incredible it looks gorgeous. It's a it's a mod using the X Wing Alliance engine, which was the one that I skipped that came out in '99. That's like the last of those line of games. You have X Wing, Tie Fighter, X Wing versus Tie Fighter, which is trash, and then the last one was uh, X Wing Alliance. That's sort of like this is the last of that era, you know, of, right. of, of flight sims. And so, um, yeah, so you have to own X Wing Alliance, which makes sense. And then you download the mod and a couple other things. And it remakes all the missions, the two expansion packs, I, TIE Fighter City, so that included the two expansion packs. The same thing with X-Wing City. They, they included the expansion packs because right. they're awesome. They were awesome, those, those games at the time. Um, so you get the original um, 104 miss- missions and then a new, a new suite of reimagined campaign missions. The mod has 145 unique missions to play. So you get, you're getting 145 missions. Here. That's insane. Supports VR, courtesy of the X-Wing Alliance upgrade project. Okay, I guess they already did this for X-Wing. I had no idea for the X-Wing. And no, X-Wing Alliance. So X-Wing Alliance is the game. Then there's a big upgrade, and then this is a conversion did they do, for that did, upgrade. But they did, did they do the conversion for the original X-Wing? I don't know. This? They did not say. Okay. Because TIE Fighter overall is a better game just because it's, yes, it it's a year and a half older and newer and has better if i remember the missions were more exciting there's more stuff going on um i haven't played them forever there's also a remastered and original midi soundtrack if you want the original midi and they also did a remastered so this is so again you need a real copy of x-wing alliance which is on good old games and steam you need the alliance upgrade which is a mod that you download and then yeah so have at it very i'm super interested in trying it out yeah and getting back into it for the empire some people like the Empire. Yoshi's got it, the Empire symbol. He's got it tattooed on him. It's because he's evil. Well, I didn't say that, Yoshi. I didn't say that. Don't, don't, don't put me in a heel hook. He's an evil, I, evil man. He's, a, he's an evil man. Um, Nintendo. There's, a, there's an update here. Oh, the button didn't go off. Excellent. Moving on. <clears throat> they did, they're going after the, the, the ROM store owner from a couple of years ago. They sued the pants off of that only owed them. Nintendo was nice. $50 payments a month. That's all to Nintendo for owing, like, what was it? What were they owing? $400,000 in trademark damages. 35000 each for one of their, of their 49 games available, an extra four. Okay, we're talking tons of money. We're talking two point, oh, it's 2.1 million debt. So Nintendo's like, you know, you can't pay that. Give us 50 bucks a month. It's a token. It means that we're getting some of our money back. Right. You'll be dead before you pay it off. And so now they're pissy. He's not even doing that. So they said 
the lawyer said the failure to make even the modest fifty dollar month of payment in an amount that he proposed and agreed to. Oh, he proposed it. And then Nintendo said, "Okay, fine, kid. We don't need your money." Uh, demonstrates that Nintendo has no has no adequate remedy at law for defendants' past or future infringement, and underscores the need for a permanent injunction. So, um, pay Nintendo their fifty bucks a month. You're getting off. You're getting off light here. Six hundred bucks a year. There you go. Just do it. My buttons are dead. Oh no! You can. You can God, a... I'm, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna love the rest of this. Oh no! I might have to reboot. We might have to restart the podcast. There is absolutely no restarting the podcast going on for the soundboard. Oh no! <laughs> um. So this is cool. Uh, 16 millimeter film from Nintendo's 1974 Wild Gunman arcade cabinet. Gunman. Gunman arcade cabinet has been found. Uh, ben Solovey, uh, the fair shot on Instagram, has managed to uncover two reels of 16mm film that were originally part of Nintendo's Wild Gunman arcade cabinet from 1974. Wild Gunman consisted of eight reels of film. Uh, for each of the two reels for each of the four programs. And he has discovered, uh, found two reels for uh, program D. Um, this is important because as old as these machines are, uh, I'm trying to think, 19, 1974, um, a lot of this film is probably not been maintained. It's probably dry, cracking, broken, uh, you know, fairly impossible to preserve or very hard to preserve. Uh, so this can now be scanned in and and saved for all time, which is pretty That's awesome. Oh, this is at least a quarter of it, right? Yeah, this is a quarter of the film. So, so there was four <clears throat> sequences to this game, and I guess you picked one of the four if you were operating this. Is that what it was? If you were the arcade operator, I never saw one of these in person. I, I don't think. know how it works. It uh, looks like it's. I mean, it's it, it, it's it's a film game, so I'm assuming it's just like four different characters or something. Four like different that. sequences. It's like Mad Dog McCree. There's different things you go through. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, right a, here. B, it shows C, film D. D shows four different. Yeah, four different scenarios. So each one has different scenarios. It's amazing. It's the original Mad Dog McCree. They also had the Duck Hunt game in the '70s as well. Not Nintendo, right? So, um, yeah. No, this is this is awesome stuff. Yeah, very neat. It'd be I, awesome I, to the, find more. The, the pre-Nintendo, the pre-video game Nintendo stuff is great. Like everything before, you know, before Donkey Kong basically is fascinating to me. Um, I think it's Donkey Kong's 40th anniversary, by the way, this week. We we need we need someone to, a Donkey Kong release date. Oh no! Oh my God! Yes, it is. Oh, we got it. Oh someone, no! Someone mentioned that to me, and I forgot. Oh my God! Yeah, July 9th. Okay, so. Donkey Kong's an important video game. <laughs> yes. I don't know if we can do a full topic on Donkey Kong. No, we can't. I can't. We, sh- we actually should. But Donkey Kong, as Chris Kohler would say, the video game years, you had the first real narrative in a video game. Yep. You actually have a, like, a, like an actual story you see progress. A big gorilla steals a girl. A little guy has to go up and save the girl. D- gorilla takes the girl up to another location. Like There's an actual story that p- plays out that you see, that you are a part of. Rescues the girl and you see it. So we take that for granted now, but that wasn't a thing in video games. Right. You had cutscenes in Pac-Man, but that wasn't really a story. I guess if you wanted to stretch it, that wasn't like really built into the game itself. Those cutscenes, it really wasn't a part of the, the game. You know? It was just like, oh, they Pac-Man's getting chased. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was an intermission. Thank you. You see Pac-Man getting chased by the ghost. And then he chased the ghost a few times. Was there three or four in that game? Whatever. And that's it. It's not really a story. This is a story. It's not just, well, shoot the asteroids. That's probably literally what I said in the video game years episode. Well, you just shoot the asteroids. Right. You're like, no, this is a story. You're Jumpman at the time. 
So it's extremely important. Obviously, it's it's a, also a platform that's very important because you're you're doing different things. You're jumping. You're using a hammer. You're you're climbing ladders. You're using a springboard. These are all important things to put in one game. And you know, it's a great game. A lot of variety for the time. Yeah, yeah. So it really opened Nintendo up to uh, you know. We're a big we're big boys in the video game world, basically. Speaking of other big boys in the video game world, uh, uh, Atari. Oh God, <laughs> Atari's changing focus. Uh, real quickly here, uh, I, I, this would have been something we could have spent more time on if we needed to, but we don't this week. We went from like no topics yesterday to a lot of topics. We, we had topics, but now we, you know. Um, so Atari is shaking up its business strategy. Uh, the new CEO uh, recently appointed Wade J. Rosen. Uh, Rosen, is, Rosen? Is, is changing things around. Uh, something, something, uh, corporate speak. Did he work at a, a car auto parts store beforehand? He's talking about the Atari oh. DNA. The Atari DNA. Um, so anyway, the big thing is, is they are moving away. This is interesting to me, actually. They're moving away from the free-to-play business model. Um Odd to me to see a a name that is essentially just a shell of its former self, people buying up rights, you know, and things like that. You would think most of these companies would be purchased up and used for the free-to-play market. To see one of these actively be like, no, we're going to try to bring back some dignity to our name and leave the free-to-play market. But, but... <sighs> Is, is is very odd, and I don't think it's going to necessarily work. Um, free to play. The, the game says the competitive and mark. Company said the competitive and marketing environment is weighing on the free to play business model. It will continue to operate successful free to play titles with a continuing user base. However, free to play games like Roller Coaster Tycoon Stories, Crystal Castles, Castles and Catapults, Ninja Golf, and Atari Combat Tank Fury Combat? will either be shut down or sold off. Um, sell them off Atari, at least sell the rights off somewhere. But like, it'd be, it's, it'd, it'd be a shame to see like the actual games that are worth anything to Atari be like splintered off into other avenues. Unless I want to buy combat, the rights to combat, you know, like which is just like it's a tank game. I should buy the rights to Ninja Golf. You think so? Ian? Yeah. What do you, what do you think uh, Wade would, would charge you? I have no idea. I have no idea. A couple Drake's cakes uh, boxes. Yeah. But the big news, the big, big news. Is it it big, big news, Ian? Big, big news. The big, big news is that Atari is leaving. That should be in the soundboard. Could not, could not have seen this coming. Atari's abandoning their casino ideas. Oh, no. That uh, I'm sure were jumped up by uh, Wild Fred Chesney one night when he was thinking about things they could do. Fred had his champagne. Fred had his, he's French. His, his champagne was thinking about hotels. He's like, what, what else? Do, uh, what what do, else? What else can Atari do besides uh, hotels? We, we can casino. do casinos. Huh? Uh, but no, they are leaving the casino market, um, which was uh, headed in Africa. I, this gets weird and weird. It's weird. This yeah, is like so much weirdness. I'm, I'm picturing like a warlord opening up a casino now or something. This yeah. is ridiculous. So additionally, uh, Atari is exiting its Atari casino business in Africa and writing down its efforts to get into TV show production. So we didn't even talk about that. Apparently, Atari was looking to get into television I think show we brought production. that up. <laughs> and so they obviously lost money. They probably hired someone who took money from them. And at some point, I guess Atari must Atari SA must have had a board of directors and said, Fred, you are you are nuts. We, we, we need we need a new CEO. Like we didn't report on whatever that happened with that. But either he stepped down or said, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, he's I, still a CEO uh, of something Atari related. He has, but, he has a position, but he's not going to be running the company. I think he's, like, doing the NFT side oh, of things oh, or great, something. Great, Fred. You play, Perfect for Fred. You play with that Perfect shit. Perfect for you Fred. You play with that man. stuff. Um, you know, you can work with the artists and, and, and do all that stuff. 
Uh, what a sh- I mean, obviously, Atari is obviously less than the shell of what it used to be. The VCS, I guess you can buy it some places, but that's not going to be a you know a, a product that'll be you know you can't go to Target and, and walk in and buy one off the shelf next to the Switch. You know, Atari an Atari VCS. Um, so what- there's got to be value though in in like a roller coaster tycoon like app game. Like or, or like there has well, to be. Well, that was like roller coaster Ca- tycoon Castle stories. Ca- so maybe there's another roller coaster like, tycoon game that we're not aware. People of. People like that series or like castles and catapults. I mean, that's just, you know, obviously it, it, that is like there's some, there's some money to be made here in making games and not just licensing them out. There has to be. So Atari is what? um, sorry, Fred is in charge of their blockchain division. All right, Fred. <laughs> okay. All right, Fred. All right, Fred. You, you go. You, here's a bottle of champagne, Fred. You go. go, you, go you go have fun with you, the Atari you go, name. You go in the jacuzzi and you you go t- think about that stuff. I, I still can't believe when he was on that business show talking about Pong with that. Remember that older guy? Was like, yeah, I remember Pong. Remember that a few years ago? Yeah, like, that, this, like, that, this is that insane. Shit heel stew. I like I Stu in that segment. He looked like he was remembering before. Fucking shithill Stu He remembered his pre-finance days. Like, yeah, I was a kid in, in probably college or high school playing Pong. And now life, life has left Stu. Uh, Wade, in this article that I'm reading, is like, yeah, yeah, Terry's very optimistic about the future of blockchain. We're excited to keep working with Fred to develop an additional virtual world that includes the Atari uh, brand. Yeah, right. It will benefit both uh-huh. Atari and CBI going forward. Yeah. I'm sure they're real happy. I'm sure they're after the VCS. They're like, all right, you get this to market, Fred, and then you you gotta go. I don't know. You gotta go, Fred. Uh, you see this this quote: "Our intent with any gaming experience is to provide accessible and joyful moments of meaningful play." So I'm guessing what he's saying is like he almost wants to take it back to the, what to the roots of what you're gonna. Get. No, no oh, more, no more. Let me mobile see you shake in your boots. Back to the old school. Back to your roots. Oh, uh, yeah, that's where they're going. What's that from? Ian? It's from various drum and bass songs. Okay, it wasn't NWA. Okay. It might have been NWA. I got to remember what Billy, Billy was playing while, while while we were, you know, uh, fighting each other in NHL '92. <laughs> that was always good to, to be listening to, you know, gangster rap while you were playing NHL '92. That's the way to do it. That's, I mean, that's that's literally what, what it used to be. Then we, but then he we were mixing Queen and Prince. So that's how you know we got a very eclectic mix of music. Quince, there. huh? Quince. What's Quince? Queen and Prince. Quince. Oh. Kind of similar sensibilities when you when you examine it there. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Um, you don't want to change your focus like Atari when you when you're at UltimateNintendo.com. You want to focus right in and zoom in on all the good deals on the enamel pins, the T-shirts. We just sold the limited T-shirt. Damn it, my soundboard's down. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm walking off. You can get books. You can focus on uh, not for resale Blu-rays. Video Game Years Volume Four DVD is out. And by the way, every Monday is it's the summer of video game years. We just did '79. We're going to go to 1980, the start of the golden age of arcades. Next Monday, uh, on the uh, what is that? The 12th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern. Video game years 1980. It's a premiere. It's all good. I'm going to be at Retropalooza, Houston, July 26 to 27. All right, Ian. Schmoozing and palooing. <clears throat> This is the big nudes, n- the big nudes, big nudes, big news, big, big nudes. Pass on OnlyFans now. 
Um, the big news that dropped right before we started the podcast. It was a surprise to some people in some ways, but it was expected. The Nintendo Switch OLED model. That's how Nintendo is, is calling it. This is not a Switch Pro. It is not a Super Switch. It is the Nintendo OLED. Ian, why don't you tell me about the OLED model? So the uh, Nintendo Switch OLED model is going to have a larger... <laughs> Low energy Ian from that. <laughs> a larger 7-inch uh, OLED uh, screen. Uh, the dimensions of the system, it's supposedly going to be uh, just as uh, tall, but a little bit wider. Uh, it will use all of your standard uh, Joy-Cons and the Joy-Cons that already exist. Uh, the new dock uh, will have a built-in Ethernet uh, wired Ethernet port, uh-huh. which will make uh, people who play Smash... I mean, the net code is still garbage, but it'll make people who play Smash Brothers, Splatoon, and any of the other fighting games uh, very happy. Most people don't even use wired internet, though, at this, at this point. Or, or no, people who play online, who play seriously, use wired internet. Do they? Yes. They wire, they wire up close to that? Yeah, and, and like some running? of them get crazy enough that like when they do tournaments and stuff, you have to take pictures of the fact that you're using a what? wired connection. It's, it's back. Like, We're back. Great. Uh, but from what I heard, they got rid of the USB port in lieu of that Ethernet port. That was one thing that they did, which is interesting because Nintendo is probably like, well, we'll just put that in there because people maybe they, they realize people weren't using the USB. From what I read, some people like use it to charge an extra charge controller. Extra, I, yeah, that's um, the kind of lame that it's gone. I use it to charge an extra controller. It's also really easy to sync up extra controllers that way by plugging them in. Just do direct the hard uh, home button and then popping them off. And the, the argument that I say about the Ethernet port is like um, it's interesting, but I'm sure there were adapters already on the market that took care of that need. But Nintendo was probably like, we're just going to do it to do it. But from what I read, um, you could use your old dock as well with this new one. So, so supposedly you can use uh, your old. Yeah, it would make sense because the big thing is there is the big no, news is that there's no 4K output. Uh, there's really no improvements to the inside whatsoever, except for you get more internal memory. Oh, you get more internal memory. I think they upped it to 64 yes. gigabytes. So that's nice. Which was was Nintendo doesn't even mention their lead really that people had to find that out. Um, so 64 gigabytes of internal memory. Uh, the battery life is supposed to be, they said, up to nine hours, which I guess is oh, what wow. they were saying about the the most current models, though. The one point one was the, up to nine. That was oh, I, I didn't think high? so. I thought it was okay. like six to seven. Well, you figure the batteries get better every but, year. Yes. It makes sense. So, it, it, anyways, the battery life is going to be roughly the same uh, as the last but, model, but no four K, none of that DLSS like super like upgrading weird AI tech to make the games look better. That I was excited about. If that was going to be true because that meant you would get you would get modern games that you can get on ps5 on the switch potentially that was that was the big news with that Um, so that's not happening so i I, guess i'm not surprised i honestly i felt like shocked but not surprised or surprised but not shocked it's nintendo so i'm not shocked i'm really not surprised though because i felt like all along i was i felt like that might be splitting the user base too much and i also wondered what exactly we would necessarily get out of games out of 4K output for games that were developed specifically for 1080p. Well, you 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 uh, uh, surmised that maybe that would be their big way to get people to buy the Breath of the Wild sequel. It's like, well, it's going to be a bigger experience, and you do that. I just figured that they, whatever uh, whatever the improvements would be, it would make sense to me if they were doing a pro model. And I don't think that this has, and we'll get to it. Um, 
This is 1.2. This is not a pro yeah. model. Yeah. Uh, if, it were, if they were truly doing a pro model, Zelda would be the, the game to show sure. it off with. So, yeah, that made sense to me. Although, I'm not, like I said, I'm not super surprised that they aren't these additions. I wish they were there. A lot of people were, you know, wanted them. But I have a feeling Nintendo's saving that for their next system. I don't think we're going to see the... the I don't think we'll necessarily ever see the splits from Nintendo. The, the mid-generation upgrades, I don't think we're ever going to see something mean as much as they do with, like, Sony or Microsoft. Because I think sure. I think then micro, uh, Nintendo worries that they're splitting their user base and there might be confusion in messaging. That, yeah. That's my thinking for why they didn't do it. I'm not saying it's a good reason. I understand all the arguments that people want the 4K output and stuff like that for. But that's my thinking. Um, that said, I do a lot of my playing of the Switch in portable mode and the addition of an oled screen is absolutely to me a game changer i fucking love oled screens they are gorgeous so you could see potentially popping down money for this i, I will yes the, one, the 1.2 we'll just say yeah i i, I will buy a 1.2 they're, well they're more vibrant you get more contrast yes they're, they're just they're, um, they're fucking gorgeous uh i i had i had a first model um Vita, and if you put like the first model Vita next to a second model Vita, which is the one that uses the LCD screen, uh, they're it's night and day. The so colors. So the first one's better. The, OLED. the, the first Vita was better. They they, they went, went cheap. OLEDs are more expensive. They so went cheap. They so went I mean, cheap for you, the second run. Yeah, I don't know if you if you if you even get an, a regular uh, LED TV anymore. They're all OLEDs. I think at this point. All the mm, TVs. No, a lot really? of a lot of them are LED. I they're think. still LED. I think the cheaper so. ones. Oh, okay. Because uh, uh, OLED, the one thing that I've heard, I, and granted, I'm not yeah, huge on this technology, is that OLEDs can burn out over time. Oh, they burn out quicker. Yes, than the regular because it's using more, it's using more like bulbs and more light. Um, it's just different. How oh, yeah, it I'm does wrong. It. You can still get a bunch of LEDs yeah. that are cheaper. Yeah, you yeah. can. LEDs are definitely cheaper. OLED is definitely um, a. Uh, I still marvel, a more premium. I marvel how cheap TVs are. I can't believe you can get a, a 58 inch 4K TV for 400 shipped. I just I, that's amazing to me how cheap this this technology is at this point. That's yep. that's nuts. But the big thing with LEDs is their blacks are truly black. That's the crazy thing. Like they're not gray. They're not washed out. Um, so the, the contrasting colors is is incredibly noticeable. You can get a seventy five inch TV for a thousand dollars. That used to be like unheard of. That was like a five thousand dollar TV. That's crazy. That's that's insane. Um, so yeah. $350. That's the other takeaway. $350 is going to be. So that's what I thought whatever the new model was going to be was going to be $350. But I thought it was going to be the Pro. Like $350, $300, $200. It just makes sense. So this, is, this will not probably phase out the regular Switch right away. They're probably going to have a lot of stock to get through. And maybe they still have it. But when the news originally came out, the, the, out of all the rumors, the only thing that was true was that Nintendo got a deal to get these OLEDs earlier in the year. I think it was like April. They said, we got a yeah, deal. Yeah, that bit of news was true. That was it. Everything else was people just fucking hyperventilating. Oh, I don't know. So so that was true. It's like, oh, yeah. But yeah, that Samsung, the Samsung, the, the deal for the Samsung, yeah. Samsung OLEDs, 7-inch OLEDs. Samsung said right. to Nintendo, we got a bunch of these laying around. We can't use them. Nintendo's like, okay, give us a good deal. And right. That's basically what happens, the long and the short of it. So it makes sense to do this upgrade at that point because you don't want to just do the screen thing you want to okay well the memory memory doesn't cost that anything so 34 or 64 doesn't cost that's pennies so, okay we'll give you a little bit of more a little more cheese uh, on on the on the, the cheese on the rope and we'll just no that's a, I'm like mixing 18 metaphors together carry on a stick you know like so if it was just the oled most people would be like maybe but you get more memory so if, if it's your first time in you're going to jump into this slightly if, bigger screen yeah uh, and, and better screen 
yeah, it, it's same Joy Cons by the way. The Joy Cons are all compatible with each other. The same exact Joy Cons. That's uh, that's honestly my biggest disappointment. Give me is... a cross turn. Yeah. Uh, and this that's is where I hate Nintendo. This is Nintendo being stubborn. They know people want it and they don't want to give it to people because they don't want to admit defeat on something. No. Just make a fucking Joy Con with a goddamn D pad, please. For the love of please. Please. People can still figure out how to turn it off and hold it, turn, take it off and hold it sideways and use it as a controller. It works just fine, I yeah. promise. I mean, come on. You're killing me, Nintendo. You're killing me. You're killing me, Nintendo. I understand why you want the, the Joy Cons to act, look be exactly the same when two players are using it. I, I understand that. I don't care. I cannot play. Well, I can't play it anymore anyway, but Super Mario, you know, uh, 35 um, can't do that. With, with that control, I just can't. All right, so I probably am not the market for this, but there'll be a lot of people that upgrade or maybe put their older ones on the market. So you're going to get an influx of ones maybe at game stores that say, oh, I want to upgrade to this one. I'll do that. Yeah, I think their timing on doing this is and going to be... It comes out October 8th. Yeah, I think their timing for this is pretty good because this is going to ensure that even if they can't get um, a ton of switches... If they can't get a ton of new switches to market, if something happens where they can't get a bunch of new switches to market, this ensures that the market is filled with used switches from people buying these ones, which in turn is going to make sure that people are still buying their games during Christmas. It's a good business move. It's going to be a Switch-centric Christmas. Switch-centric. 7-inch LOA deal. We said that. 7-inch screen. It's still 720p, but get over it, people. It's fine for a handheld. Um, Still expand the memory. Still got the Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi on it. Same 1080p output to the TV. Oh, they also updated. I read they updated the audio. I think on. Oh, there's it, some it, sort of yes. Yeah, speaker speakers are better. Oh, and, a, and it's a better stand. Yeah, a wider adjustment. Yeah, that stand, stand sucks on 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 the uh, the original. Not to call out one of my friends, but uh, Andre snapped one by accident. One of the early Switch events. I think he snapped. Oh, really? I mean, I don't blame him. They're, they're, really, they're really flimsy. Yeah, they're shitty. You know, we we, we need some we need some uh, we need some thickness there. We need some squats that stand to do. We got you got to you got to be sturdy there to stand up there. Um, yeah, and everything else is about the same. The battery life's a little better. They said five and a half hours for Breath of the Wild you'd get. Okay, so that's respectable. Sure, because yeah, the original Switch is only like three and a half, I think. Then it starts to like peter out. So there you go, Peter. So yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo making waves. They, and they got uh, they're coming out with a new console, but this one looks not as good, Ian. This PCE works uh, Mega Drive uh, thing. Yeah, fuck these guys. Um, these Germans hate us now, Ian. You understand I don't care. That? I don't like them. Fucking I'm a, I, shitty guy. I'm, I'm a quarter German, so don't come after me. Come after Ian. But um, yeah, no, so the PCE works mini console was announced. They're taking what pre-orders, I guess. Pre-orders through an email. It's not even on their website. You, 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 this, this, the bit, the because shady everything business they practices. do is fucking shady. The shady, 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 shady shit. Business practices where it's like one step, uh, uh, one step above buying it from a guy in a back alley. Basically, um, this thing is just—it's insulting. Three hundred and thirty U.S. dollars for an emulation for a disc-based emulation console. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the box, it supports uh, ROM files for Master System, Mega Drive, Genesis, NES, Neo Geo, PC Engine, and Super Graphics. So they're taking emulators. Disk okay. images are fully supported for Mega CD and PC Engine, Turbo Graphics, Turbo Duo. Limited support is available for PlayStation disk images. In general, 2D titles are fully supported, but 3D titles might have performance problems. Support for many other systems can easily be added, but that's up to you. 
Uh, physical CD compatibility. ME supports playback of physical PCE in uh, Sega CD discs. We have tested a few hundred titles in physical format, and compatibility is great. On the PC Engine side of things, there's currently a small software b- bug which prevents a handful of discs out of 500 plus um, from booting pop properly. Um, affected are discs that have more than two data tracks. Noteworthy ones are Valus 3 and 4, Macross 2036, and the American Duo Pack and Disc, Gate of Thunder, Bonk, and Bomberman. Oh, that's the one you want. Yeah. Um, so, they'll, yeah. They'll still run fine if you create a disc image and add it to your library. Okay. Yeah, so basically if you rip it and make okay. a ROM of it. This is just a collection of emulators that they pr- probably aren't... I'm, I don't know for sure. I'm going to allege, allegedly that they might not have gotten all the rights to use these on their product. With the, with the track record of this company... Yeah, I was going to say, say, sorry to make uh, a jump uh, to an assumption here that maybe you haven't, but... I got a company that doesn't respect copyright and IP. fucking print bootlegs. Yeah, so. print bootlegs would not get the permission to use emulators, like open source emulators on a commercial product, but they have a disk drive, which is the only thing interesting because we're still yet to get... Uh, a mainstream emulation machine that uses a disk drive. It says the uh, Emmy's operating system is a tweaked version of RetroPie somewhere. So it's just so whatever RetroPie right. steal and they're using that. So, okay. Um, the price is ridiculous for this. Yeah. It is out, absolutely insane, especially when you compare how much the analog duo is going to cost. The analog duo is going to cost $200. And on Which top is real hardware. Real hardware. FPGA. And on uh, top of that, uh, a mister is like about about the price they're charging for this. This is nuts. Yeah, but people want their easy solutions to this, and I and I totally get it. But it doesn't I, even sound like a necessarily uh, easy solution. Well, I mean, it, it, you pop in your Turbo Duo CD, it should play. Like that's what I mean. Okay, but for three hundred and thirty fucking dollars, please, analog, come out with it like just like an attachment, a fifty dollar attachment. For the duo and, and put these guys into the fucking ground. What attachment would it need to, to play a CD game? That's you know on the analog. It has a CD drive. Wait, it does? But how did I miss that? What you didn't, Pat? You what? didn't miss it? Did I forget that? How did you forget it? That's the important part. Yes. Oh my god! I, then I'm an idiot. This is a piece of shit. Then we Fuck talked this about thing. this what? in depth. Much. I'm depth. sorry. How I'm did, sorry, Analog. How did I forget this? How did I forget that? It's, it's in the name, Duo. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. I, I'm not perfect. Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot. Wow. I forgot. I'm sorry. I don't know why I didn't think about that. <laughs> okay. So I, I was trying to give some benefit of the doubt. It didn't exist. No, there's no benefit. So this is just a doubt. piece of shit all the way around. Yes. This is just a piece of shit all the way around. $130 more, doesn't have a card slot, doesn't have perfect compatibility. It doesn't have FPGA, it's just using emulators. I think you're forgetting a lot of stuff, man. We should probably just move on. <laughs> so anyway, this looks awful. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible. Um, and then obviously they're advertising it with stuff they don't even own. And it just gets it gets worse and worse on here. It almost seems like they're they're packing in games that they shouldn't. Like they show they sh- wait a minute. Are they packing in like their their bootleg fucking Airzonk? I don't think they're, they're packing super- anything. They put in. it in the box though. They show it in the box well, with sure. it. I don't know. Maybe they are. All right, this is shit. Yep. This it's is just dumb. shit. Either way, it's ridiculous. Um, where are we at here? Sony's issue with indie devzine. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the Sony platform is uh, not particularly great for publishing on um i clicked on the link under it and for whatever reason it's a frank safaldi tweet um so there we go 
apparently Sony's experiencing problems with indie dev pub- uh, with, with indie dev publishers um, compared to Nintendo and Microsoft. Uh, they are not easy to work with. There was a tweet by um, Ian Garner. Ian Garner. Um, that when I am mad enough to burn some bridges because honestly, what's the point of a bridge that I'm not allowed to cross? Here's a thread about Platform X. I will not be defining Platform X, but it's the operator of a very successful console that does not have Games Pass. And it's, uh, yeah, so that was, so it's, it's Sony. Um, and it was later confirmed. But people talk about how the pipeline to get your games published on um, the Sony platform is a lot more convoluted than it is on Nintendo or Microsoft. Um, speaking of having uh Tickets, you know, uh, questions that go unanswered for months. Um, Some of the other problems they've cited is that uh, Sony does not let devs uh, put games on sale as they choose. Oh, Uh, you have to be invited to a discount period. Sony will invite you and say, hey, do you want your, you know, you can discount your game for this, you know, big promotion sale that we're doing. If you want, what kind of discount do you want? Whereas most other companies will, with some small exceptions, allow you to discount your game whenever you need to. And discounting your game is obviously huge for indie developers. They need to be able to discount it and run frequent promotions. It's a a market. To keep their game um, in the public eye. Um, So, yeah, that's that's not not great calls out a lack of transparent processes poor communication extremely limited ability to discount games and inability to get games promoted on the store without either obscure or expensive methods uh apparently well, and apparently this okay. is kind of industry standard but you know sony uh, it was said during a uh, presentation that they would charge twenty five thousand dollars to get yourself on the front page of the sony playstation store uh that seems to be something that most companies do but other companies do a lot more to highlight indie games in general nintendo has always had the nindies or i can't remember what they call it now but it's like nintendo indie maybe it's a treehouse event where they focus on games um microsoft has the id at xbox uh program that you know uh promotes and focuses on indie games um so sony's not really doing that they kind of just let you sink or swim their focus uh really seems to be on triple a stuff um and it said that you know if your game doesn't look cutting edge or, you know, cream of the crop, like newest tech, latest, greatest technology, they're not really interested in promoting you. And it's kind of an image that we're, we've been getting of Sony over the past few months that I'm not really a huge fan of, um, you know, uh, they, them not caring about their old games, not yeah. understanding why people would want to play old Always games, want to play that old game you know, for. announcing the shutdown of their various stores and then yeah. reversing it. Uh, apparently, they even re- they ended up with like less than a couple hours to go. They reversed the decision to take uh, PSP games off the store. So PSP games oh. are still available, too. You know, it, um, because it doesn't cost you almost anything to keep the right. games up. Just just keep them up so yeah this is a really weird i feel like this is this is sony not paying attention to what's going on after years and years of i think indie styled games retro styled games because not all these games are made by indie studios 2d games these sorts of games finally getting and seeing mainstream success and being accepted you know, more mm-hmm. people are playing them, more people are realizing that there's, you know, good experiences to be had here and not everything needs to be a graphical powerhouse. Um, 
Sony should really be embracing that. And I feel like they're moving further and further away from what people are actually getting into. And it's what people have to get into because these AAA games cost so much to put out that the wait time in between big AAA releases is huge now. You get far less of those types of games. I mean, just look at the amount of games that were released on the PS3 and 360 to the amount of big tentpole releases on the PS4. And now you look at the PlayStation 5. We're half a year, we're over half a year into the PlayStation 5. You know, we're quickly approaching a year and we still don't have really any or at least many big triple a experiences on the system that are only for that system that you have to buy that system for that are not remakes or available on other systems like there's very little so as time goes on people are naturally going to uh, find these smaller games because they're still going to want to play video games they're going to need something to fill that time people are going to start playing more of these games by nature of the fact that the games they usually play aren't being released in um the same quantity so sony really uh, should be embracing these there's a there's a huge market to be filled with these types of shorter or um you know less all-encompassing experience it, it sounds like it's almost like a, they want to a, a, appease their the big dev partners they don't instead of having people buy five dollar ten dollar games well maybe have them buy the 40 50 60 dollar game you know what i mean like that's what it sounds Most of like these games are 15 to 20 dollars these days but i get you know what i'm saying? saying like it's like well we who cares about these indie devs because they're not our main customers we don't live and die on the indie devs we live and die on you know, like Ubisoft and people like that. You know what I mean? Like, sure. That's what my thought is. Maybe an EA. That's maybe that's being a little little um, cynical, but that's my thought. Because like, oh, there's no reason not to have sales on shit. Like, there's no reason not to like help out these indie folks. Right. And, not and, like, not let them do it because they still because you, 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 you still make money on every sale, no matter what. Whether right. it's a ten dollar game, twenty or fifty, like you still make whatever. You're thirty percent. You still you still get your percentage. You know, yeah. and, I, and some people may not have sixty dollars to spend on a new game. Maybe they have fifteen. I, it's weird. Sony, Sony's lost this this sort of yeah, it's like this they, sort they, of gen. It's like so weird. They, they have uh, no messaging this generation. That's the uh, very weird thing. Like, I feel like with the PS4, even if they maybe never in, uh, truly, um, they just announced they bought some studio. They they seem to be more um, pro indie during the PS4, or at least they felt like they had yeah. a message that was supposed to be pro indie. But I don't know what I don't know what Sony's message is for the PlayStation Five right now. I just don't, and I, I hate to say it because um, I see a lot of reasons that I would probably want a PS5. But even though I have all these games like on my PlayStation Four that I'm in the PlayStation economy, the Microsoft Series X does seem appealing to me. The more I think about it. With, for yeah. for the type of games that I play and how I play them, three hundred bucks. Game Pass. I'm never gonna. I never beat any of those games anyway. So give it to me for free and let me fuck around with it for a couple months and then I'll three hundred bucks else. in Game Pass. Talk about that. That's like a pretty damn yeah. good deal. I, I, a lot of people. Yeah, I would probably get an X, not an S. You, okay, but still. Okay, either way, you know. I'm not saying this is the beginning of the end for Sony in the, in the game console market, but it's not. It, it, but no. you can't go down. You can't this. even include. They had a really the PS3 era was far worse for them. I'm just well. I'm looking at the health of Sony versus you know Sony's not always the healthiest company in general. That's what I mean. They can't afford though to have have so, like a console that's you know lackluster over a whole generation. Microsoft has so much money, it's ridiculous. That's why they're buying, they're making all these billion-dollar deals. Sony doesn't have the money to make these billion-dollar deals willy-nilly. Microsoft does. So that's why, I mean, if it came down to it, Microsoft, you know, they could just buy out everyone if they want. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but they're saying they can. Who did Sony just buy? They just bought out, like, a medium-sized developer. Um, Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, They bought uh, Housemark. 
Not familiar. They did Returnal. Oh, Housemark is amazing. I fucking uh, uh, House Housemark is the only reason I want a PS5 right 13th now. 13th studio to join is, the roster is uh, the only reason I want a PS5 right now is to play Returnal. They did Resogun, Super Stardust HD, Next Machina. Um, they're a really good developer that does like fast-paced uh, arcadey type stuff oh, that's really cool. well. Yeah, they're great. I mean, they got to buy someone because because they, they, they couldn't afford you know Bethesda. So you know, I mean. They're talking about. That's one of those weird things where Housemark, I all of their games, I felt like were on PlayStation systems, anyways. So, yeah, it made sense. Um, They acquired kills on developer Gorilla and Sucker Punch. Then it goes to Shishima. So anyway, all right, it's the console wars of 2021. Uh, Speaking of console wars, you want to talk about this this Xbox gift card fraud inside job thing? It's real quick. Go for it. So there was a 10 million dollar gift card. Uh, basically heist and it was an inside job and now of course the article won't fucking open that i had open to read about it but from bloomberg so it was a, so there was a, there was a, i guess an exploit where someone could generate their own codes so basically what happened yeah. was is a guy got hired there um i gotta open the article for his name um or if you want to look up his name i'll tell the story i can't open the article now they, they closed the article on me damn you bloomberg um so what happened is is they he was working for a uh, portion of Microsoft that was testing uh, like the online store, basically. Okay, and they would get there's an article. They would get dummy credit cards that they would use to uh, purchase things. Here's an article right there. Uh, that they would use to purchase things um, to look for holes in the system, sure. basically. And what would happen is, you know, if they purchased, say, a, you know, laptop off of the Microsoft store with one of these dummy cards, mm-hmm. um, they would recognize that it was the dummy card. They would not send out, they would treat it like a normal transaction, but they wouldn't send out the, the item. So that's how they used all this for testing purposes. Well, one of the things that you could generate with the card, uh, with the dummy cards was that you could, um, you could purchase uh, Microsoft um, Microsoft store cards, point cards, the money cards. Uh, but the codes that those generated were not dummy codes. Uh, and someone figured that out and basically went on. His to- name was, uh, God, I can't pronounce it. He was an employee. By the way, they got the guy off. Yeah, he came over from the Ukraine. Um, Vol- 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 Volodymyr Kuzvashuk. That's his name. Um, he was making so, 116 grand a year at the position, uh, and uh, on top, and, and a ton more on top of that. So uh, this Voldemir guy uh, basically started doing this with various different test accounts and sale accounts, and generating all of these codes, and then selling them on online. Well, uh, it says like instead of reporting glitch, he placed test orders for dozens of gift cards amounting to two thousand dollars, then four to two hundred dollars, and later on worth a lot more. When he confirmed they were legitimate, the codes, one of the first things he redeemed with those codes was a $165 download of Microsoft Office. So that's really good to use use it to buy something from the same company you're working for. That's really fucking smart. Well, that's what the code is for. It's, it's The codes are only for anything. Like, um, <laughs> no, but I mean like the, the fact that he store. himself is oh, yeah. using it. So uh, apparently uh, he started living a rather lavish lifestyle with his wife. Um, he was living off Microsoft products. No, he was, he was, was he's selling these things. Yeah. Selling uh, them. Um, his house was raided. Uh, during the raid, they found a paper document titled how I will invest my next 10 million. Uh, and there was like talk about buying like a ski chalet and, uh, stuff like that. So 
yeah, this got shut down. But oh what a crazy God. story and what a weird um, thing to overlook. Um, prosecutor said he was singular, singularly responsible for global fluctuations in the price of Xbox gift cards on reseller markets. Holy shit. Yeah. He produced enough to, to probably drive the price down. Yeah. Like maybe a $20 car is worth $12 now. It's you insane. Know, whatever. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And of course, Microsoft's like, wait a second. Where are all these codes coming from? They probably are tracking the number of codes they make versus being redeemed, obviously. That would make sense if you're doing this. Why, why is there you know, 20,000 more codes than usual this month, Ian? Like, it must have set off red flags at some point, obviously, because I caught them. Like, how could you think you're going to get away with this shit? Yeah, it's, it's, it just it's boggles my mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's pure paper trails of all this stuff. It's codes generated yep. from your system. It's, it's codes. And he, it looks like he was using uh, other employees' coworkers' mock profiles and user test yes. logins. Oh my god! He would mask his traffic internet by routing it through, through servers in Japan and Russia from his apartment. Well, they got him. They got him. They got him. He bought a red way to keep a low profile. Didn't you learn nothing from gangsters of the seventies? He bought a red Tesla Model S for one hundred sixty-three grand, and then a, a one point six seven million dollars house on Lake Washington with its own boat dock. Yeah, kept a low profile. That's what you do. I mean, what do you think the first thing they do when they, when they go after these white collar criminals? They look at how much money you make. make versus how you are living, right? Exactly, and say like, "Wow, this doesn't match. You're a criminal of some sort." Obviously, it's re- insane. It's insane. It does. So, well, that's it for our intro. It's kind of longer than usual. But we, we had Jesus, a couple of things. Long. That's all right. All right, Ian. Yeah, uh, we've had an update that happened. Update. It was. Aren't you glad the sounds back? During the podcast last week, when we were talking about soundboard the, and Amico, I'm so excited. The, the, Ars, the Ars Technica article put up by Sam uh, Mekovich, uh, talking about a lot of the problematic things with, with the Intellivision, obviously. It, 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 that was on the wake of the, the dev portal information being leaked and just figuring out that this was a 2016 smartphone, basically, Amico. At the time we were talking about it, Tommy Tallarico legally threatened Ars Technica. On Twitter, no less. And we did not get to really sink our teeth into that at the time during the podcast. It literally happened that day as we were recording. And let's just say for the CEO of Intellivision, it did not go too well in terms of not just his legal threats, but the reaction on the internet at large, Ian. Yeah. It was derided almost universally, as it should have been, because you can't sue anyone for reporting on information they received. You can't really do that. Um, that's what the First Amendment is. But it just really came across as really desperate. And this is the type of tactics that people on the lower level, we didn't really talk about, have been exposed to. Uh, either threats of legal action or insinuations of threats that have been made against us. Yeah, these, uh, aren't, the fir- that's uh, the, these aren't the first threats. Uh, this is the first vocal, uh, well, one of the first most mainstream and vocal threats. But um, there's been reports of other... Uh, smaller YouTube channels that have been critical of this um, receiving uh, failed, of course, but uh, DMCA uh, takedown challenges for the for videos. Yeah, uh, I mean, people they just don't want any of this info on that. They they do they do not want to play on a fair playing field. They do not want any negative opinions voiced whatsoever. So it's not surprising, but this is the I, I said it was going to be a turning point, obviously with the E3 coverage. But now we had a, a lot of YouTubers take up and discuss the Intellivision Amico in the past week. 
And obviously that was going to happen because now it's more mainstream. You have a, you have a, a, a video game CEO threatening uh, a journal, you know, journalist basically. That's obviously uh, beyond the pale, and obviously it's insane, and it's going to get more eyes on your product. Excuse me, uh, yeah, or eyes on the situation. I would say by doing that. Um, but you have now you have some YouTubers, you know, sort of going over the top and talking about this that never talked about it before. And I'm not surprised that this is the first time people are, are looking at this because either things are off the radar. It's a smaller sort of – a lot of people didn't know that what this was before E3, uh, the Amico. But obviously we've been following it since the beginning when it was announced in what was that, two, late 2018 or middle 2018. It's been like three years. when it was, In PRGE 2018, it was uh, – in the fall, it was announced officially as a keynote, by the way, which is a whole other conversation. So I'm not surprised that it would get to here. But this is why I said you can't, you can't shield yourself for, forever from criticism. You can't right. be in your little Atari age thread, which we're going to get to, where everyone is, is starstruck by a 90s video game composer. Basically, that's, oh, my God, you, you worked on Earthworm Jim or you did the Terminator you know, a, a, a CD soundtrack or whatever he worked on. Like, at some point, the rubber hits the road. Do you have a product or not? Is this, is this a viable product or not? And that's where we're at. By the way, I didn't realize in the original, uh, Frank, uh, uh, Frank Cifaldi uh, took a screenshot of, of the threat, which was deleted, obviously. Ars Technic, not Technica, because Tommy is not good at grammar and spelling um, in the past. No, Tom. Journalist Sam Reddit just illegally posted a bunch of confidential information about Intellivision in his ridiculous misinformed article. So was it misinformed, the information you're, you're trying to say? But, but the information was correct that he posted. So what is it? Is the information... Is, is the information misinformed, but then you're still threatening him over this information he pulled? Like, I don't understand. Like, wh- Tommy, it doesn't make any sense. Right, it doesn't. Uh, the private info had not for public use and confidential all over it. Unfortunately, legal action will, will need to be taken. He probably called up his uh, lawyer and retainer, and the lawyer said, you have absolutely no legal grounds to stand on. And, you know, at that point, <laughs> I mean, that's probably, probably happened, or you are insane. So everyone laughed at Tommy, as they should have. Um, people were dunking on Tommy and uh, other other journalists like Patrick uh, Klepek uh, waded in and, and others. So this is the worst possible thing that could have happened to Intelligent. Like, I, I mean, the, the worst thing. Yeah. Um, the worst. What do they call it? The Streisand effect. Um, by trying to cover up this, uh, the, the, the leak. Uh, the the leak was, was, was a non-password protected a site. portal. Yeah, um, you know, by trying to cover it up, basically he ensured that every single person in the world saw it. Mm-hmm. And not just that, they realized that Tommy is uh, is a is a piece of garbage. I'm just I was just going to say he's a piece of garbage. But I um, say, so, I, I don't have uh, any like names that have marked down. But I've I, I saw I saw people that I would not ever expect to see commenting on the Amico being like, "Oh, Tommy Tellerico's having a normal one," or yeah, this Tommy is, Tellerico's having a meltdown. That's not what I expected to see. And, this this got more covers in the E3 E3 video. Uh, you know what did get thing. a lot of uh, you know what did get a lot of uh, traction uh, after that though? Uh, what uh, racists? They're gaming They're racists. racists. They're literally gaming racists. So we've known Tommy to uh, see. Now you like the soundboard. We've right, known just that, just that one. I've got other from Tommy, but we we've known for at least a couple a couple years now, roughly, that Tommy has been calling people gaming racists and probably including us directly. Um, now I think it's changed to gaming communists. I've heard yes, where it's so insane that 
you almost don't believe people like people thought it was a joke when people like Frank Cifales are like he's calling people gaming racist. Like, no, that's a joke, right? Like he didn't. No, that's literally what say he, that, yeah, right? that's, like, that's no, what like, he like, actually like, said. Like, they, no, no, he literally like those are the words gaming racist. And so now people are finding out about uh, Tommy's uh, abhorrent behavior on forums, and this goes back from what I hear to the two thousands. His love of Doug Tanapple. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, cozying up into bed with 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 uh, terrible you know people with awful beliefs. Um, so he's asking questions like. Uh, this is this is stuff that we've kind of brought up. He's like, Frank said, remember this system is supposed to be the next Wii. It's meant to fill in that gap for family gaming. And this is not him being like caught in a private moment. This is a public forum discussion about the product. This is an official statement from the company's CEO pertaining to the gaming racist thing. Tommy is so, um, so unaware that all this awful public behavior is going to come back to haunt him more and more and more yep. but he can't help himself because he needs to be in the spotlight even if that spotlight is the little corner of the internet on a video game forum frequented by 40 uh, and 50 and 60 year olds like he has to need he needs the attention he needs people to that to like him uh, well he i think it's more that he needs to control the narrative as well and but you can't control it though on on, a, on a, just an Atari age form though. But I see what you're saying. No, but that, that, somewhere he that, has to. Though. That, but that's his. That's his need. That's that's what causes him to lash out and say shit like legal incoming. Uh, you know, yeah. without thinking what? anything through because he's seeing the narrative slip away. And th- and this is again before we're gonna get another delay, the third delay. So like, yeah, it's almost like when, when you. When, and he unfortunately is the face of the product. So now it's going to be hard and harder to divorce him from the product. And that's what people are starting to do. Plus, you pissed off journalists. Journalists don't like when you go after someone with legal threats. It's a, it's a fraternity. No, yeah, it's that's... A, they're a close knit community. And it's like if you attack one, you attack potentially all of us. No one's going to be happy with that. No. So not only are you not going to get, uh, you know, uh, masturbatory uh, articles written about your about your, your your console. Now you're going to have more critical eyes on your console. Now you're going to have other journalists maybe go out of their way to stick up for their fellow, journal, fellow journalists and Correct. look into some of this stuff a little bit more, like how Sam did with his excellent article. And it wasn't a hit piece. No. I see, no. It was incredibly uh, at, uh, balanced. It had facts. Yep. You can talk about, well, maybe his motives were like, I don't care. It was factual. You can you can tell, what, what about you know, Pat and Ian's motives? If they don't like Tommy... If the console was actually good and the product was good, people would just say we were insane for, for going at it too hard. It's a bad product. Yes. That's the bottom line. Motives don't matter. It's a bad product. And I would say that even if I uh, you know, respected Tommy Talbricchio, I would say it's a bad product. I would not, I would not, be, on, I would not be wearing the fucking I mean, uh, that's sweatshirt. where it all fucking started. It all started with us being like, hey, Tommy. Who, who doesn't like, like Tommy? It was like Tommy. Finger cage. Remember, remember it was finger, finger cage, cage Tommy, Tommy, Tommy for video game years. Video game years. Yeah. Yeah, this is not bad, but I don't think it's going to work because we just saw what happened. And then Tommy didn't like that. And, and then he starts here making, we are. Then he starts making fun of our personal appearances and calling us names on Atari H4s. And not just that, he unleashes. Making fun of my shakes. Yeah, making fun of uh, you know, potential medical conditions. And, and then uh, having his little, what he calls a Miko Mafia, he, he uh, named it. To go after me and Ian and do there was a reason why when we do a critical video within 24 hours there'd be five videos from these uh, you know losers attacking us directly and going after us and calling us frauds or has-beens or and on Twitter 
I, I, I don't know about you, Saul. They left me on Twitter saying, oh, you, you've fallen off. Your opinions don't matter anymore. If my opinions don't matter, why are you attacking me then? You know, right? If, you're, if our opinions don't matter, then why are you bothering with us then? Obviously, yeah. 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 So Atari, uh, Atari. Uh, Atari's in a lot better shape than in television. So Tommy, right after E3, did what a good CEO does when people are being critical of your console and there's going to be a delay. He went on a three-week vacation. Uh, fiddling while Rome burns, uh, basically, in the middle of this. That's what you want to do. That's a good, that's a good CEO. Um, so he came back to Atari Age because Atari Age, um, people are starting to be more critical even on Atari Age. There's, there's threads cr- being critical of the E3 presentation and of, of, of uh, the reaction to the Ars Technica article. Uh, there's, there's been some, some leeway now in thought. The thought policing on Atari Age, um, which used to be our favorite website, not anymore, Unfortunately, um, the thought policing is still there. On the, there's an official thread, a Q and A Q&A from Tommy Talrico, and we usually don't talk about um, this this thread here. But now we're getting more information uh, directly from Tommy Talrico, so you have to report on it because he's the CEO of the company. This is to me the same as a press release. Right? He might disagree. Oh, I can change my mind. You're the CEO of the company making public statements. This is stuff uh, to report on, in my opinion. Here, so people were asking stuff ab- about. Uh, you know, you show the cell phones uh, so much. Why are you focusing on Farkle? Then um, this is why I want to key in on here. Why I are you focusing on Farkle, um, which is true. Um, and then he was trying to say, "Oh, there wasn't." This is the, that, one of the one of the things I liked. Oh, there wasn't lag on. Remember, we talked about how when you throw the dice out, it wasn't directly. There was like a pause. Mm-hmm. He said, "Well, that's we wanted to simulate real dice being thrown, where there's, a, I guess, a pause in reality where the dice don't drop right away." When you when you have a cup of dice in and you shake it and drop it, it drops in in less than a quarter of a second because it's called gravity. It's physics. It's not like a half second delay and then the, 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 you know that the dice come so out. So he's saying the delay is <laughs> yes. to represent yes. the time yes. from the traveling from the cup. <laughs> yes. To the, oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Sure. Sure. So someone uh, said the entire video was mostly old footage. I found that to be a strange move. This is you can't make up this response from Tommy. Once again, this is an incorrect statement. Certain footage that was repeated, Sesame Street, Major League Baseball, was shown because we didn't have enough time to get the footage cleared by the licensors. Okay. You know E3 is coming up for months and months. You're the CEO of a company. You know you want to put your best foot forward. If I'm taking Tommy at his word, he is just incompetent. If he's not lying, he's incompetent not getting the footage uh, in time. Because obviously, there's tons of other licensors that for E3 yeah. games. Tommy in the intelligence not, is not the only one right. showing this stuff off for a license. Uh, we only had a few weeks to put the entire thing together. Why only a few weeks? You know, e- it's not like E3 is a surprise. Oh my God, they announced E3, Ian. We're going to get this again. No, you know E3 is coming yeah, it's for not, several months. It's not like E3 like, came to you and we're like, we got to have you, Tom. It's not going to be the same without you. Um, we try to get newer footage like MLB and Hot Wheels in there. It was impossible given the time we had and, and everything else. Bullshit. And the company is, is working harder. So the MLB, I guess he's saying, is that prototype five seconds of awful footage of that baseball game. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it's Bravo Sierra. There's no new footage of that baseball game where we would have saw it, seen it. We would have saw it. The same thing with like Earthworm Jim. We would have we would have seen it. We would have seen it. Yeah, we would have seen it. Um, it. It was impossible given the time we have. Now he's trying to claim like we can't just hook up a capture card to a device and put new footage on a computer. And yes, games like games like Breakout, Night Stalker, and Cloudy Mountain showed similar footage. It was the exact footage. <laughs> Uh, at least for Cloudy Mountain and Night Stalker, that has become that is because that's what those games look like. 
Zero reason for us to spend time playing breakout and capturing new footage when the game looks exactly the same from when we did a long play of it earlier this year. What about for Night Stalker and Cloudy Mountain, though? How come we didn't see fresh footage there? We never saw a long play of those. That's kind of weird and interesting, right? Kind of interesting. Those, man. those are those are those three games: Breakout, Night Stalker, and Cloudy Mountain. I'll say are the most polished looking games out of all of them that we've seen. The ones that even even was like, you know, what, that looks interesting. That Night Stalker, or that Cloudy Mountain. You and, should really be pumping those. And two out of three of those games, we have not seen new footage of. Show us how those games work. Show us how they play. Um. Things like seeing the way the touchscreen interacts with Missile Command was the important stuff. That's important. Okay. In fact, we had five more minutes of showing off the controller in unique ways, but ended up only keeping the Shark Shark hint. Good way for folks to understand the Karma Engine aspect. The Karma Engine wasn't really... I mean, did he just talk about it in passing uh, during that presentation? Was that even mentioned? No, no because I think, uh, I think he abandoned it because he did say in one of those many interviews that's out there that he even said it was bullshit. There's an audio quote saying it's bullshit. Yeah, we made it up. Um. Yeah, so it was all it was all bullshit. And then uh, someone asked him about why we haven't seen Earthworm Jim new footage. Let me try to find that uh, that one. That quote is like unbelievable. Uh, that quote, um, I can't find it r- right away. But he he says something like, "We didn't show Earthworm Jim footage." There's he said there's a positive reason why we didn't show new earthworm gym footage i'm paraphrasing it's not correct but that is something to the something to the to the respect of there's a good reason we did not show new earthworm gym footage i can take a guess because there isn't any that that could be a a plausible explanation that there's been no work on what would be your biggest game yeah on the only game that anyone outside of this console cares about in any way and that's not even like it's earthworm gym it's not like the biggest thing in the world but there's some people that love earthworm gym from the 90s there was a cartoon there was toys there was multiple games, you know? So we're – this is the CEO of a company. Again, like I'm, I, you beat yourself over the head, but like this is not just unprofessional. You're getting into the realm of people now seeing records of your statements, public records of your statements where, that you have investors in. Again, you have investors. And you're just saying these things that – if it comes out that this stuff is false, you're going to be in trouble. That's all I'm going to say. You're going to be in, sh- in shit. If I was your lawyer, Tommy, I'd say uh, keep your mouth shut. Don't go on these forums and say stuff like this. Don't say, yeah, we had footage available for this stuff. We just we had reasons we couldn't show it. It's just not good. Like, this is heading in a stranger direction than I thought it would turn, obviously. But now you have people asking, even on Atari age, reasonable questions. Like we said, where's the Earthworm Jim footage? This is not I was asking it. And when you say, I have a good reason for not showing that footage. Okay. Here it is. In regards to not showing Earthworm Jim, this is quotes. In regards to not showing Earthworm Jim, there is a very specific reason for which I can't talk about. But just know that it is something extremely positive for the project. How could it be positive for the project not showing any new footage? How is that? How could you spin that? How could you possibly spin that, Tommy, into being positive? Can you even think? I, I, I can't even think of no, a reason. No, there's no positive. positive reason for not showing footage. We're positively not going to show um, 
any new footage because we want it's always going to come back to we want we want to market too early, but you it's confidence that this is going the project's going in the positive direction, not just like you can make the argument like if it was like well no one we have no investors and no pre-orders going on so why do you care what the progress is you have tons of investors and people that put in money for this uh, almost a year and a half ago. Also, Tommy, you're the fucking head of this thing. You can probably show whatever the hell you want. Yes. Well, obviously, yes. Yeah. That, that, so, Earthworm Jim, there's a very specific reason which I can't talk about. I'm going to guess you can't talk about it because you don't have footage. I mean, I'm just, that's, that's my reasonable assumption there. If you had footage, you would have shown it. So, that's my takeaways from this. Is that uh, someone, someone's got to get him away from this company. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. But if it hasn't happened by now, it won't happen. Like someone's got to say, you can't be the head of the, and face this company. Maybe you want to do something in the back end. You got to shut your mouth. Never show up in a video ever again. Don't go on Twitter attacking journalists. By the way, he finally blocked me, even though I never tweet at him. And I never respond to his, his weird tirades calling me a coward and, and, and saying that, you know, there's, I'm a failed YouTuber and stuff. I never respond to that sh- stuff for the most part. Not at least for the past year I haven't. And he blocked me because he was probably tired of seeing my name show up, I guess, in some of the replies and Surprisingly, stuff. Surprisingly, I am not blocked yet. There you go, Ian. I'm sure I will. You can be. have at it. So, I mean, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to say about, you know, YouTubers that were uh, promoting this, that there's some that turned themselves around. Um, there's some that were not. I almost don't feel like punching down individual YouTubers that are so lost and taken for, you know, they're basically marks and just get starstruck by Tommy Talrico. But... You know, I, I did warn, and we warned them that this was going to happen. This was going to get worse and worse oh, sure did. over the past year. And, like, he's using you. He doesn't care about you. If this goes bad, uh, it's going to be bad on you. You're going to, you know, you're going to be held accountable by your followers and people that actually enjoy your content. Um, and it's going to get worse and worse, you know. So get yeah. out while you can, fellas. I know you like gaining your several hundred subscribers or 1,000 or 2,000 subscribers over the past year by interviewing Tommy a 1,000 times. But if eventually the gravy train ends and you're going to be left, you know, left holding the, the variable bag when it comes to this. That, yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And you can you can dislike us. You can hate our attitudes. But what we're saying is absolutely true. Yep. Doesn't matter if you can't stand us or think what we're, you know, we're grading. You don't like my hair. It all It's all going to come to pass. And it's not because we're smart. We've seen it happen before. And we're, we can be smart a little bit, but we've seen the playbook happen before. Yeah. It goes the same exact way every time. So, anything, else, anything else from that Tari Ace thread that you, you thought was enlightening besides saying that we, there was a great reason not to show Earthworm did footage? I mean, no, it's just him scrambling. All right. Well, we'll have an update on this one officially gets delayed, which should have happened by now. If you're a competent CEO, you would have you pulled the plug by now. But I guess it looks bad right after. Uh, you you illegally threaten a, a game journalist. Yeah, the next week that's say, not going to look good. Oh well, yeah, it's not going to look good either way, Tommy. But, oh well. The summer showing welcoming signs of a more normal life ahead. Finally, we can get back to enjoying life's little pleasures like smiling at your neighbor, going to see a movie, and and going to the post office. Well, maybe not. Some parts of normal life aren't so great. But with stamps dot com, you can skip trips to the post office and save on postage. Mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. Send letters, ship packages, and pay less, a lot less, with discounted rates from USPS and UPS. Stamps.com saves businesses 
thousands of hours and tons of money every year. I have personally been using Stamps.com for several years, Ian. You've heard me talk to you about it and everyone else. I ship out T-shirts, enamel pins, DVDs, books, whatever you can think of. Stamps.com brings the same U.S. postal and UPS shipping services right to your computer. It's easy for small businesses to mail and ship without ever needing to go to the post office. You can print official U.S. postage and shipping labels 24-7 without having to leave your desk or buy any fancy equipment. Like I said, just need a computer and a standard printer. And once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple. Right now, you can stop wasting your time going to the post office and go to stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with our promo code CU Podcast, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. And there's no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in CU Podcast. That's Stamps.com, promo code CU Podcast. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. Ian. Yes, sir. We have a scumbag seller of the week. 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 And it's... Week. It's been a while. Since we had one. Uh, <laughs> you did the Michaela Maroney little smirk. <laughs> Corner of the mouth, like. Um, all right. The Wall Street Journal, the the newspaper of money, big money, capitalism, they reported positively on a 16-year-old. I almost feel bad we're talking about a 16-year-old in this way. But even 16-year-olds could be a scumbag, so we could potentially. Uh, became a scalper, not a reseller, a pandemic scalper. $1.7 million in revenue from uh, scalping. $110,000 profit. Which we'll get into. Uh, but the big news was $1.7 million in revenue by being a, being a pandemic reseller. That was the Wall Street Journal article. I, I, made, I got to my free limit, so I can't uh, comment on that anymore. But here's the Tech Times one. And it was mostly you know new consoles that obviously there's, there's scalper networks and bots for PS5, Xbox Series S. This is how this, uh, what's his name, Hayden, made a chunk of their money. And from New Jersey. Max Hayden, good old, good old, another Max yes. from New Jersey. Scalping PS5s, Xbox Series Xs, uh, dumbbells, hair clippers, uh, I think Pokemon cards were mentioned. Basically anything. During the pandemic that was scarce. That was scarce during the pandemic that people wanted. Yeah, there, uh, home exercise stuff. I remember buying uh, my resistance bands back in like March when I knew it was going to get yeah. bad. And then two weeks later, the price had doubled uh, on, on what I bought for like 20, 25 bucks. It was now 45 bucks. Yeah. So. Uh, hair clippers, I know, like like the Floby type stuff, like that was a huge resurgence last year, like all the, the uh, you know the at home buzzers and stuff. So, um, I don't know what the profit margin is on that stuff, uh, in particular, and how hard it is to get that stuff. But we're going to talk about, I guess we'll, we'll start with the ethics of reporting on this in a positive at, uh, light. Um, it's it's really it bugs me. Yeah, it's very strange that um, the Wall Street Journal basically came out and they were like, "Here's this feel good story about a entrepreneurship, young teen, entrepreneurship in a." T- I mean, of course, this is from the fucking Wall Street Journal. Um, here's a story of entrepreneurship and bootstrapping, you know, of this young lad, and it's it's just fucking scalping. They're glorifying scalping. This isn't starting a business. This is no. This is fencing products. Scalping is not a business. This is well, why. you're not exactly fencing, but you're not uh, fencing. Re- retail <laughs> no. arbitrage is yeah, what it's, it's arbitrage. arbitrage. Fencing is stolen fencing goods. Is different. <laughs> stolen goods. <laughs> Correcting myself. Good old John Delia's favorite thing to talk about, retail arbitrage. He likes bringing that up in conversations. Um, the reason why it's not a business, this is why. You're not a business if you're contingent upon certain weird um, situational economic things happening or pandemic or certain products 
to come out where you capitalize on it. That's not a sustainable business that you can do regularly. Um, that could disappear at any time. And plus, you can take a hit at any time when it comes to that as well. So um, what I'm going to say is this. Is this like, oh, you know, working, let's see, at least 40, it was like 40, at least 40 hours a week uh, Hayden does to do this. Max, Max allots this. So this is a full-time job that this individual is doing over the past uh, year and a half, I guess it's been. Uh, what, was, what was the full-time time frame here? The Xbox didn't come out until what, like, uh, you know, the fall of Christmas, right? It was and, November and, for both the Xbox okay. and, and the Sony. So he was probably scalping stuff before that. Mm-hmm. So um, it was, okay, it was $110,000 profit last year on $1.7 uh, million uh, in sales. Uh, someone pointed out, I believe uh, Josh within a run saying that that is horrible profit margins. So just as a recap, revenue is just money you take in uh, to your business. That doesn't account for your costs in doing business. Right. You know, so, so if Luna makes a hundred dollars revenue on selling a game, that's not necessarily profit. There's costs. Yeah. They put into acquire the game costs to pay Ian, you know, to run the store. There's other costs involved, but directly for that product, even maybe they cost them 50 bucks to acquire the hundred dollar game. So, Doing Pat Math, one hundred and ten thousand divided by one point seven million is about six percent. You made six. That's, wow! You made six six percent profit on a, on one point seven million dollars in sales. That's actually really really bad, and I'll get into why. The effort you put in to make that money, forty hours a week, um. $110,000, you'd say, yeah, that's not bad for 40 hours a week, uh, obviously, uh, to do that. But you're still not taking account some certain things. This is not a salaried money. This is capital gains. Right. This is capital gains. This is taxed higher than regular salary, or at least, like, you got to pay out a little bit more. And this is why. Um, that, on that $110,000, okay, I'm going to bring out my calculator here. I'm going to tell you how much money Sam's actually taking home here. And I don't know, being a six-year-old, how that works. Obviously, you're going to be following taxes on your parents still at that point. But this is taxed, hundred and ten thousand. Um, you're going to you're going to have uh, state in New Jersey. I looked up; he's paying roughly five percent state taxes on that. So we'll just say we'll bring it down to about a hundred and two thousand dollars, right there. Um, he's obviously paying federal uh, on that. I'm going to say the yeah. federal will be somewhere. On that, I'll just say fifteen percent. That's probably around there. So we'll just say he's losing twenty percent on one hundred ten thousand dollars, right? So twenty percent of one hundred thousand. Okay, point point eight. You're down to eighty eight thousand dollars. Oh wait a second, I got to pay something else. I got to pay potentially Social Security and uh, Medicare on this now. That's about fifteen percent that you have to pay on something. Uh, So um, unless there's a way you can get around that, I don't know. The whole point is this: the money, the hundred ten thousand profit. That's not what he's what is going to end up in, the, in this in this kid's bank account. Still, it's going to be sure. more and more and more. And what I'm going to say is this: when you're doing this scalping business, and they're not, they're not saying seventy thousand dollars or seventy five thousand isn't a lot of money to a sixteen year old. That's a ton of money for him and good for him when it comes to that. But the risk involved in doing this scalping, the time and the forty hours a week is not a small amount of time. This can go wrong at any time for any product along the way. We saw it go wrong with the Wii U. We saw scalpers get their asses eaten. Yep. Not in a good way. Uh, 
back in 2012. They assumed it was going to be as big as the Wii was, and they assumed there was going to be. You couldn't find a, a new Wii for like a year and a half when it came out. It was yeah, ridiculous. it was it almost took two a years, long, long time. They thought it was going to be that with the Wii U. We saw them. We laughed at them. We saw them getting stuck holding the bag oh, on, yeah. on the Wii U. So what do you do with this merchandise that you have laying around now? You can't just make a profit on. You got to you know. So to celebrate it is weird because this kid is like still making money, but he's working his ass off. It's not like this is found money. The kid's, the kid's working his ass off to make this money. He is. And it's a sleazy uh, way to do it. Yeah. So, like, it's not like he made a million dollars profit. It's not like he made a half a million dollars profit. And at some point, you've got to move on from doing this. You've got to go to school. You've got to go to high school. You can't work 40 hours a week working, going to high school. You've got to go to college. This is not going to transfer over. He'll be able to do it as a side hobby. There's no way he'll be able to do this full time if it wasn't a pandemic. This right. is a very special scenario, very specific, and a very and very specific video game console products that, because of the pandemic, I guess were harder to make. So, like, this is not re- you can't repeat this over time necessarily. Right. It's it's going to run out. The scalping scenarios. Yeah. I, I, Am I talking too much in these segments? I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm it's okay. It's just that um, you're, you're you're right. There's just I, I talked a lot during uh, some of the earlier segments. Um, it's it's a finite resource. Yeah, you just yeah. The, the the struggle is then going to be finding if you were to keep doing this as a business, finding more things to scalp. And as we oh. exit the pandemic, it's going to get harder. Oh, I'm sorry. He's making less money because he's also hiring. Good for him though. Fifteen dollars an hour. He's hiring his two friends to pack up the uh, orders and do other tasks. So that hundred and ten thousand dollars, that's the entire business uh, profit, I guess. Before and then whatever this? else he's paying, yeah, whatever he's paying out. So I mean, I mean, good for him. He's l- at least learning how businesses work. But this is not the way you want to do it. No. And then there's all there's an article here from Gamebyte about Gen Z online mi- money makers. And yeah, it can be tough to get a job. Which I saw a report recently though that um, teenagers are making more money than ever before because they can't get enough entry-level positions filled. So now it's almost like um, for the first time, teenagers are able to somewhat negotiate like a starting Wage. per hour. Sure. Which is like, that's interesting. Because I guess that's that's the, uh, you know, there's a lot more unemployment and there's, you know, with things like that, we still have un- unemployment benefits uh, going through, I think, running through the fall. There's a lot of people that, uh, that's why we can't get more, we can't get as many Lyft and Uber drivers as usual. There's a lot of people not working because they, they have this extra income. But teenagers that want to work that can't get this money, um, it's it's a it's a uh, employee market, I guess, for some of these jobs. Yeah. So they're actually making out. It's a weird effect here. So, so there you go, Max. I would say this, Max. Um, go to college, get a good get a good uh, you know, go to, go to community college or go to Rutgers. Go to a state school. Rutgers will, does not charge you a lot. Live in state. Don't don't rack up two hundred grand in debt, college debt. That's not the way to go nowadays, in my opinion. Um, and then you know, leave, leave the scalping behind, Max. Yeah. Leave it behind. Yeah. You had your fun pandemic cash. Leave it behind. All right. All right, Ian, we have a Patreon poll. We do have a Patreon poll. You go to patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go. There's writings. There's uh, full video podcasts. Uh, full. Hangouts. I have to do a hangout soon. And uh, you also get to vote on these poll topics. Got your writing soon. Poll topic. In second place, I like these these splits. Arcade games you could not beat as a child that others could. 44%. First place. This comes from a Twitter suggestion. Would experience with retro gaming influence your children's screen time, I guess, or potential screens, uh, screen time? 
That's a good question because it, it's t- saying that you grew up with games, you gamed a lot. How that affect how you raised your children? Because when we, on our generation, our parents did not play video games or played very little. I mean, they played Pong, you know, like when they were kids. So like they they were in a different spot where they saw video games as a new influence that they potentially saw the dangers of and harms of because it maybe was new or they didn't understand it. Going forward after that, though, that's not a thing anymore for Gen X, for, you know, for millennials, for even Gen Z. We grew up with video games when we were young. So we raised kids. We look at it not as like harmful on its face, even though it can still be harmful overall. So what do you, th- what are your thoughts, Ian? Well, well we- I'm never having a child. Um, uh, but that said, <laughs> we, we get asked about how to raise children every once in a while. So we're going to give our answer. No, I think, I think there's a, uh, there, there is a, something to be said about screen time limits. Um, I don't think that necessarily they need to be, you know, incredibly harshly enacted or anything like that. I'm not even certain that there needs to be a specific hour limit put on it, but as a kid, you want to make sure, I think, that the kid is experiencing... It's, it, it's not so much that I feel like video games are, are bad. We've talked about how, especially during lockdown, they've been beneficial to kids. Um, some kids who are not good at socializing, this is their form of socializing. Um, you know, uh, Communicating and talking with people, for a lot of people who play video games, is a major aspect of what video gaming is now, the social aspect. Mm-hmm. Getting into a chat room, whether it be um, you know, typed out chat or a headset sort of thing, I think there's a lot of benefits that come from kids playing video games that said you want kids to be able to experience everything i think there you you do need to kind of boot your kids outside every once in a while yeah i i and, I, I, and give them some experience i do think there um, should be screen time limits I, I don't know that there's you know in you enact the screen time limits if the kid seems to be overly relying on games and like i said it's not necessarily because i think video games are bad i just think that having Having a wealth of experiences is important in your developmental years, and if you lean too heavily on video games, you're not going to get those. How would you do it, necessarily? I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a parent. I don't intend on being a parent. I don't think I would be a good parent. But I, you've got to make sure the kids are, are doing different I, things. I think you'd be a good parent, because you have good parents. That's well, what I, I, I have great parents. But I think I, you'd be a good parent, because you, you model your behavior after them. Yeah, yeah. How how they treat you? That's how you treat your kids. Yeah, I mean it doesn't always work out that way, but you know what I mean. Like you, sure, you know how they treated you. Um, I believe in uh, you know, even though my my parents never did it, they should have positive reinforcement. You get rewarded for something for doing something. So do your homework, then you can play Minecraft, or do your homework, then you can play Fortnite. Sure, get the get the crap out of the way first, and then you can have fun. Versus like, okay, it's after dinner now. You spent three hours playing before dinner. You still have to do your homework, and it's like seven thirty at night. And, I, and I, as a kid, that happened to me sometimes. I'm not going to like, like, yeah, I was bad with that. But actually, no, I went out and played after I got home from school a lot of times, too. You did, but you did either. You went out and you played from like 2.30 to like 5. You came, you came home, you had dinner, and then you did your homework or whatever. God, I hate homework. I still have nightmares about not doing homework. Did I tell you that right? Everything's school-related, my nightmares. I went um, through pretty much all of high school without ever doing homework. I, oh, I did on the, the bus ride to my school was like like nearly an hour. Study halls, study halls yes. were my my thing. So my thing was uh, well, got I, it all done in study halls. Oh, I, I only have study hall. My senior year, last semester, I had a study hall, and I, I and it sucked because it was a second to last period. If it was a last period, they gave you permission to sign out and leave if you had a car. You could have basically left early at like one. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so um, no, my 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 homework was done on the bus. Not, I, not all of it, but like I can be like I was always like, yeah, that one or two things I can get that done on the bus, and that's what I did. It was a, it was fifty minutes on the bus. That's a lot of time for homework. I always wrote papers the and night before they were due. If I really want to get into it, we had we had like the we had like the teacher 
there was like a teacher break that happened after second period. It was like a 25 minute break. It was weird. It was like at 930, 945, there was like a 20 minute break. Mm-hmm. That's time for homework. And guess what? Lunch. Time for homework right after you eat. Sometimes I did it while I was eating. I had horrible study habits until college. But that's getting away from the topic. That I was wasn't much better it, in college. I was very, very bad in high school. That gets away from the topic. So screen time, I think, is important, though. But that's how I do it. I do positive reinforcement. You, you know, you get your homework done, um, then you can play. If you don't have your homework done, you can't play. That's it. But hopefully you do it from such an early age that they don't you know, yell at you. You have to establish that stuff early. Or you, you, get, you get, your, get your chores done first, get your stuff done. I'd, I'd be a fair parent, I think. I understood how, how you know, I was thick but quick. You know, I was, uh, I didn't always, I played a lot of video games. That's the thing, too. I would be, because of how badly I was made fun of and how being a fat kid really affected me, that is the one thing I, I would be really militant about with, with my children. That's the one thing where I'd be like, you definitely, you can play video games, you got to exercise, you got to do a sport, or you at least got to try and play with your friends, you got to go to the park. I would definitely do that. I'd, it, it would be a, it would be multifaceted approach, the, the best you can. Because like I said, as, as growing up as a kid, even the athletic kids played video games. It wasn't just like, oh, you just did athletic. No. Yeah, take up skateboarding or yeah. biking or something. It doesn't even have to be a team sport. I mean, no. I, I understand not loving team sports, but get into something. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't force my kid to do Little League if he didn't like it. I, I know I loved it. I loved Little League. I loved playing baseball. I loved it as a kid. But no, there's other stuff you can do. You know, get a, get a hula hoop. Get a, get a, I don't know. Get a, get a bop it. Get a, get a... Play four square in the street like we did with chalk. Yeah. And that was great. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Or King's Corner, you call it? Or four, whatever. Yeah. King's Corner. Was that what it was called? Just spike it in that. Play some good old street tennis. With your, that's all you need. Street tennis. Tennis is great. W- wiffle ball, whatever. Run around. Play. We played cops and robbers. Oh, it was, it was an innocent time. We used that uh, for, for handcuffs. Remember the jelly ring bracelets? Remember the jelly rings? You can make, you can just twist them up. You made, you made, yeah. uh, you made handcuffs out mm-hmm. of them. You didn't need to go to, you didn't need to go to the, the little the weird, five and dime, the five and dime, and get the, the three dollar uh, plastic, probably two dollars back then, two dollar plastic uh, handcuffs that somehow worked with a cheap key. Until you lost a key, and you had to rip them off. Yeah, <laughs> you had to crack them off. Is that is that reasonable? How much gaming in one day during the school year would, would be reasonable for a kid? Like you get like ninety minutes. I don't know. I'd say like on a Monday. I'd say I'd say if the kid is being fucking responsible and getting their shit done, two hours. Two hours. If, if they start to falter, then you got to look at it. But I mean, if like I said, I don't. Got the if, if video no. games are what the kid likes, I don't want to punish the kid for finding something they no, no, like. No. And in, especially, I said with the with the increased socialization that happens, it's a healthy way of developing habits. I just want to make sure the kid would be getting their schoolwork done and at least experiencing a variety of things. Yeah, maybe doing something else. Whether it's music. Something with science, a sports. Right. You got to do something else. You can't, you're not going to go through your whole life just playing video games. You're not going to be a well-rounded individual. You're just not. Dear child, come to me with two hobbies. Video games can be one of them, but give me, give me something I, else that's got I, you up on your feet. I do. I, if I raise a kid, I'd be horrified, though, with like screen time when it came to phones and tablets and how much. That's just, that's, that's, that's that's, unfortunately, that's just something that, I mean, that's, that, that affects us now, too. That's part of life. Sure. That's, but that's like, I can picture kids being glued to like their phone for hours. They too. are. So that's screen, but but every single thing. Yeah, but I was glued to my computer from the time I got home to the time I went to bed. So I mean, it was the same. Thing. Well, you were a bad kid though, and you're yeah. bad. You're a bad seed. Bad seed. You're a bad seed playing those roguelikes yeah. back then. Yeah, but the, uh, every phone, every console has parental controls with screen time and some that can tell you exactly what your kid's doing in your computers. The same thing. Yeah. So there's ways around it. So good luck out there, uh, us, us Gen X and well, millennial parents. Have fun raising your kids. All right, Ian. We got uh, we got voicemails, Ian. We do. How do you, you don't know how to access it. I don't. 
anchor.fm slash the CU podcast. Leave us a voicemail. Say you love us. Say say you like us. Say you hate us. It's all good fun. And uh, we're going to start first with uh, this one. Hello, Pat and Ian. Owen from the west of Ireland here. Owen. This one's for both of you. Would you have any favorite crossover games like Marvel versus Capcom, Battletoads and Double Dragon, Smash Brothers, etc.? Thanks and keep up the great work. Thanks for the awesome accent. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom match the Millennium on the Neo Geo Pocket Color is one of my favorites. Um, it was the first game in that series to get released, which is funny. People think it was the arcade game. It was oh, that. really? It was actually that one. Um, and it's a fantastic fighting game. Shows you really what the Neo Geo... Well, more what the programmers could do when making uh, a pocket fighting game. Uh, a lot of characters... Um, Bonus games, unlockables. It was it was awesome. So yeah, it's probably my favorite crossover. All right, uh, my favorite crossover. God, I didn't play a lot of it. I mean, I played I played it a little bit in the arcade, Marvel versus uh, Capcom, I believe, but not like I wasn't. It was like somebody I'm sorry, say, not Marvel versus Capcom, uh, SNK versus Capcom. I was going to say when you said Match Money, I was yeah, like, Match the Money. Yeah, sorry, I, I okay, yeah. You get mad at me like I got with the animal. How dare you! Uh, you forgot something big. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's huge. I'm not Pat. perfect, Ian. That's crazy. Is, big. Pat, is Pat perfect? Am I perfect, Ian? Perfect, Patrick. Oh, Ian thinks I'm perfect. He's perfect disappointed. Patrick. I screwed up. And I just have a question for Ian. Um, what was your favorite oh. childhood game growing up? That's from Craig. Sorry to cut it out. There was a lot of stuff there. Uh, favorite childhood game growing up? Probably DuckTales. I don't. I know. I, I'm at the point in my life where I no longer need to call DuckTales my favorite game. But I really like DuckTales. It is one of my favorite video games and uh, definitely a game that I played a lot of from the time I got it up until the time I moved out. I just always played that game. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Joey from Wisconsin. Uh, My question is for both of you guys, which PlayStation franchise do you wish would make a comeback? Personally, I'd love to see a jumping flash game done in VR or if Blasto got another chance in the spotlight. Uh, you guys have gotten me through so many work days, especially on overtime. So, thank you guys. Appreciate it. No problem, Joey. What, what do you think? You're the PlayStation guy. A Jumping Flash would actually probably be mine. I love the Jumping Flash series. There was a third one that was released in Japan called uh, Robert Mondu um, that never was released over here. That was basically you controlled Robert and did a bunch of like odd jobs and stuff like that. Um, and then the series went away. But I'd love to see a new one of those. Um, I also tend to associate the Wipeout series with Sony more than any other system, even though it has had releases on other systems. Um, I think it's unlikely that we'll see a new Wipeout entry. Um, Wipeout! It's been a long time. The the two newest ones were on the PS3. There was the Wipeout Omega collection on the PS4, but it just collected older ones. Um so, I'm sorry, there was one on the Vita, but I think they ended up shutting down that studio. I think Studio Liverpool is gone. So once again, I don't know who would make it, but I would love to see another wipeout. Uh, Parappa, bring Parappa back. Yeah, Parappa too. Why not? Yeah. Hey, Pat and Ian, Morgan from Canada here. Big fan. Just quick question. Uh, what can what do you guys consider to be a complete game when it comes to collecting? Does it have to have all the inserts or is it just the game instruction box good enough look forward to hearing the answer hope you guys have a good afternoon um for me it has to be everything that's that's inherent into that game so like if it's a poster not necessarily a poster like a map it's something like a map obviously instruction manual 
I don't care about the warranty cards. So um, yeah, yeah that, that to me is complete. Like the posters, it's like yeah, they usually a lot of times Nintendo games have like the poster of just the cover art, and I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. But if but if it was like a like a like a guide that came with like the Dragon Warrior card or whatever, like that's to me complete. Then yeah, for so for uh, me it's pretty simple. For me it's it's box manual game. That's what I want for a complete game. Um, but there are like I like you said the special instances RPGs specifically. If there was a you know, poster where one side was a map or a, yeah. a bestiary or something like that, um, you know, maps to certain things. I would consider that essential to being complete. Um, so sports games had like the play card. Yeah, I like don't that. I don't consider like warranty cards necessarily no. to be complete. I don't consider uh, necessary for my definition of complete. Um, also, like the Genesis was popular. A lot of it was popular for a lot of the first party titles to include a poster, but it wasn't necessarily specific to the game. Yeah. It would have like Batman Forever on one side, and then on the other side, yeah. it would have like these upcoming games. Those were just put in tons yeah, of games. I I, so Black Boss games had the had the you know the, the Rob for the first couple of yeah. years had the Rob poster. I know lots of people, you know. and I I I can't fault them because I guess it is the definition of complete complete who really want all of that shit. But no. honestly, I find that most people who are shopping in stores, most stores in general, including Luna, um, we're going to let you see it. But if you ask us if it's complete, I, I, I mean that to include having its manual as, a, as well as the game in the box. Sure. Yeah, 99% of collectors don't care about warranty cards or the poster. It's really... You got to be very specific when it comes to that. Yeah, like you said, unless it's specific to the yeah, game. Unless it's only that game has that. But like I said, like some of the like Cabal had like a Cabal poster inside. It's like even uh, that I'm not concerned about. It's a fucking poster. You don't need it to play the game. Like, what do you need to play the game? Sure. Like the poster, any other re- reference card stuff. Hey Pat. Hey Ian. This is Jared from Philly, and my question is: Do you and Pat ever smoke weed together? I know Ian is a uh, big weed enthusiast, and I know Pat uses CBD. But I was just curious if Pat ever dabbles in the THC side of marijuana and uh, you and Ian get blitzed together. Thanks for the podcast. Love you guys. I don't know how that would work if we got blitzed together. I've only done THC twice. One time I was tricked uh, when Ian was DJing. I don't um, think you were tricked necessarily. I just uh, never well, not, not tricked. It wasn't a big deal. I got. It said it was a CBD vape and it wasn't. Well, it, was it, THC it probably – the reaction yeah. you said you had is not a reaction people get from CBD. It, yes, it was uh, because I was like woo, but also I was uh, I was it was both. All right, I don't care. I, I wasn't like I was laced with LSD, but you know that that was the one time. The second time was a girl that wanted me to smoke because you know she wanted to have fun. It was not necessarily a pre. It was it wasn't peer pressure, but that seemed like a prerequisite. So I was like, okay. When I actually smoked, it didn't really do anything though. Um, when, I, when I did it, when I actually smoked it from like a regular. If joint. you've legitimately never really smoked before, it's not going to. They always say that you got to get like a base coat in you before. Yeah, it really when, I, does when I did it, I was like, yeah, I don't feel anything. I Man, I pretended, and it's like, okay, let's go to bed. No, um, yeah, that's it. Though. I don't know. Maybe we should one day, Ian. Oof, that's, that's a no. Maybe from Ian. that's like a maybe from Dad. Maybe. Ian triggered me, my, you know, again, maybe. Maybe. Can we, can we go, can I get, can I get, go to McDonald's after we go to the store? <laughs> maybe. maybe. Well, no, that was we'll see. That, yeah, we'll no, see. That's no. That's a no. Respect me. Just tell me no, straight up. Uh, next. What's the best pool or billiards game? <laughs> That'd be side pocket. <laughs> I know, that's why. They... <laughs> that's funny. Hey guys, this is Dan from Porkville, New Jersey. Uh, was Pork. my question today? Is, uh, 
if you guys had a triple A budget to make any game in an existing franchise, what game would you choose? Thanks. Oh, we can ask this quite a bit. Something like this, it's tough. Uh, what a rush! Triple A budget, huh? Uh, what a rush. Super dodgeball, triple A version. I, I mean, that would be interesting. Uh, sure, <laughs> with, why a career, not? with a career mode, RP like RPG elements up your. St- yeah, actually, now I want to see that. Actually, uh, give me a triple A mappy, a gritty crime drama. Now I want to see a super dodgeball like. Open world RPG. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'll put money into developing it. Hey, Pat and Ian. Long-time fan. Uh, just listened to the prior episode where someone had mentioned being a fan since childhood. It had me thinking how I saw my first NES Punk video when I was 12 years old. Oh, my God. And I literally only clicked on it because it had a dominatrix woman on the thumbnail. Oh, no. Good to know the algorithm has been going strong for a long time now. <laughs> I'm 26 now, I'm a tax accountant, and I am fucking tired every day. All right, uh, cut you out there, uh, Joe. Um, okay, there's some questions here. First of all, the, your math's a little bit off. Uh, four, I haven't even been doing NES Punk stuff for 14 years. 2012, that was nine years ago. You're 20, you say it was 28 now? You say it was 26 now? So he would have been 17. There's some, there's some, there's some, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some weird math there, but... Um, but you do taxes though, so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm assuming you have something right. I just—it's just weird whenever it says, "I said, oh, I was 12 when I started watching your videos," and now, now, now I'm the brokerage. I, I run a, a firm somewhere, and it's like, what the? You know, like what? <laughs> so you went through high school, college, you know, got got your MBA, and, and now you're a hedge fund manager, and you watch, you know, Dominatrix uh, Alicia Dragoon video from 2000, 2012. Uh, by the way, that was 2011 or 12. That's just always weird to hear that. Yeah, very weird. But the podcast is coming out. What do the podcast is going to turn uh, eight years old? Jesus, is that end of July? I always forget. When end is of July, beginning of August, when they first cast Ben Affleck as Batman. That yep, was eight years ago, and now he's gone. A hell of a cameo in Flashpoint. They'll get him out of out of bed. He's back with J Lo. There you go. Twenty years later, he's back with J Lo. They found the true love. A Rod's a scumbag, and good for you, J Lo. Good. I'd rather you be with uh, Ben. I don't care. <laughs> Patrick. Ian, this is Josh, and this is my 20th time doing this recording. My question is, has a big company like Spotify or Barstool ever tried to reach out to you guys and potentially tried to sign you guys to their platform? Thanks, guys. No, I love the the money, but no. No. Um, We're on Anchor, which is uh, run by Spotify. It's a subsidiary. But no, we have not been approached to be signed directly. Yeah, no one's tried to sign us. We're... We'll see in the future. We'll see if we get the the big bucks, the big dollar size dangled over. Yeah, you know that's basically how it works. They give you, they give you. Uh, there's usually sponsors involved. Where they give you, they give you a guarantee. Usually, that no, it hasn't happened. Uh, we'll do a few more here. I'm trying to stay under two hours, which somehow we have with this podcast. I'm not even sure how. Hey guys, this is Jacob from Arizona. You might remember seeing me at Game on Expo every year when it happens. And Ian, I'm sure you know my buddy Jody, who's an avid listener of the podcast. He tries to make it by Luna every year to say hello and buy something off you. Anyway, my question is, do you guys have a memory of borrowing games from someone or someone borrowed a game off you where it turned out to be a struggle getting it back and it turns into a shouting contest with you saying... Oh boy! <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. Yep. The Yoshi's. Uh-huh. All right. Um. No, I never let. I'm trying to remember when I ever let. I think I let. I might have let Kevin borrow a game. 
but it was never any issue with Kevin. But I'd borrow games from him sometimes. I never borrowed, I never let someone borrow a game, never got it back. That never happened where like I was threatened to like beat up someone, and that never happened for me. Uh, not to my knowledge, no. Not to your knowledge. No, I there, I have like this memory, this weird nagging memory Uh-oh. of my youth where an Uh-oh. NES game that I did own, I lent to someone in exchange for a different game. And I think we were both happy with the exchange. You never talked about it again? And we just let it be. You would, but you I don't remember? can't remember what game it is. Man, that would be stuck in my memory. Yeah. What games did you have? How many games, how many, how many games you had? I only had about 10, 12. I had 12. about 30. My parents played a lot of Nintendo. Rich kid. So if you ran through them, what would it trigger the memory? Be like, okay, was that one? I've tried. Like, I, I, I literally have like no Nintendo idea. World I, just, I have no idea what it was. But it was like a game that I liked. But like... A Double Dragon then, probably. It, excuse me. It was a game that I liked. Uh, and it was a game that, like, the game that I, I got was a game that I liked. And it, like I said, it apparently worked out that way, too, where we were both just like... Eh. I guess we're just going to keep these. <laughs> yeah, we'll never bring it up. Eh, do you want it? Eh, I'm, still, I'm still playing it. Eh, I'm still playing it. Never got to that point. See, if my, my parents would be so weirded out, they'd want the real game back. Did you exchange like the box of manual? And, or no, that, it was just a loose game. Like visitation rights? To be like, okay. We, it's a loose game. It's, it's like exchanging hostages in like a KG, with KGB and the CIA? Yeah. <laughs> in, in, uh, in Berlin? No? Okay, a couple more here. Hi, Platt and Ian. This is Kenny from Blackburn in England. Yeah, just a quick question about arcades. Um, a lot of them shut down where we are now. Um, there is a couple of bar arcades opened up, but um, I've got good memories of playing Robocop, uh, Data on the USA, and Vendetta games like that. Um, but what are your favorite arcade games of the past? And do you attend any local bar arcades? Okay, thank you. Bye. God, I, I, lo- I love Across the Pond. The Irish, the Scottish... Uh, the English, they love us. I love this every week. Uh, so, what was the question? What are some like arcade favorite, <laughs> favorite arcade <laughs> games? I throw you off. Favorite arcade games, and yeah. then it, you frequent a barcade or no? There's none that I frequent around here. Although I do like the the gas lamp um, coin op. I just don't like to go down to the gas lamp. Super I never been that one. It's uh, it's just it's busy down there. I don't like, get in and out. Don't love the area. Uh, I like the gas lamp. But uh, lately, I've been actually finding myself, fo- uh, in terms of old arcade games, I've been finding myself very, very focused on um, Mappy again, uh, the original Mappy. Playing re- a lot, playing a lot of on Mappy, playing a lot of uh, Mappy again, and I was playing a lot of Galaga a couple weeks ago too. Gal- Galaga might make my. T- I think Galaga's in my top ten. It's a great game. I, lo- I love Galaga. It's, so it, much. It, it, it's really um, snappy. It just feels good. Yeah, sound- and everything just comes together. Yeah, good old Namco. Yep. Yeah, could define the arcade game in the 80s. They really did. Yeah, they did. Um, I, I should do a top 10 arcade games. I always think, yeah, that one makes my top 10. So, like, Tempest probably barely makes my top 10. I love Tempest. Uh, Popeye. I love Popeye. I love uh, I love Donkey Kong Jr. so much more. Every time I play, I'm like, this game is brilliant. Donkey Kong Jr. It's a great game. The, the, the goat is rolling thunder in my eyes. I love Asteroids so, so much. Um, I would definitely, if I had my druthers, that would be a game I would own. An original Asteroids is a beautiful machine with the vector graphics, the shiny, bright uh, vector graphics. White. Um, uh, what else is on my list? Going more into the eighties. Um, let's see. I, I have a weird love of APB because it's so weird. Um, I love the. I love POW. I have fond memories of playing POW. I love. I love the Ghostbusters arcade game because you never used to see it. When you saw it, you're like, I gotta play that game. It was a really good game. 
those three player like merch, like three basically yeah. the same company, like the three player, you know, running gun top down, running gun shooter. That's a that's a great game uh there. Then obviously, obviously NBA Jam. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Yeah. Obviously the Ninja Turtles arcade game. Either whether you like that or Turtles in Time. Obviously Simpsons arcade. Once you get to the nineties, you really start looking at okay, it's hard to pick out individual ones because there's so many classic ones. That you like, obviously, Street yeah, Fighter, Street tons, Fighter tons Two, and tons. It's fantastic. Like, but for like, I'm talking. Like, it's almost like you got to talk like Final Fight. Come on, come yeah. on, Ian. Fi- I mean, come on, it's, it's great. That's I top, was thinking, top I was thinking, five. I was me, thinking probably. like classic, classic. That's what I mean. But like, once you when you really say arcade, once you arcade, get above like past 87, 88, it gets real tough. The Aliens arcade game. You never really saw that much. That was an excellent game. Yeah. The Aliens arcade game. Mm-hmm. I love Sly Spy because no one else does it. It's like I love the those one off games that weren't franchises. Like that. Slice by Data East. Great game. Love that. Uh, Lucky and Wild. Really the, good game. The, the, the two player one. I played through that. And I, the last time oh. I was in a Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> it was in like, it was like 99, uh, 2000. My buddy and I sat down and beat that. I mean, Terminator, Terminator 2 Arcade Machine, arguably the best light gun shooter ever. Like that, I hate that game. It's, it gets rough, but I mean, hate come it. on. How is, what do you like about that? I just, I think it's a bad game. Really? Yeah. Would you prefer Revolution I, X? I don't like any of those, honestly. You don't like Operation I don't, Thunderbolt? I don't like a lot of those scrolling light gun games. Really? You don't yeah. like a rail shooter? Operation Thunderbolt. If you don't like Operation Wolf, those are classic. Operation Wolf was classic at the time. That game got... You don't understand. If you, seeing the, the line... There was lines to play. Not lines, but like... there. That game was always fucking played, Operation Wolf. Sure. I mean, always. I, that, that's the one my father would always play. He loved that one. Um, yeah. And then, of course... Come on. Spy Hunter. Come on, cocktail spy. Oh, it's cocktail. Sit down, spy hunter, not cocktail. And I always love missile command. It gives me it gives me anxiety. I love missile command though. Right, cut centipede. it shorter. We're just gonna or just stop. I can go on. Centipede is on. one of my favorites too. Yes, but we're just gonna end up sitting here for fifteen minutes listing titles of games that we like. He asked for it. <clears throat> okay, you, you want you want to do uh, one more? I think I think we got one under under the uh, one more under the wire here. Fine. This is Thomas the Tank Tellerico, and ooh boy, I am having a day over here. Was just minding my own beeswax when all of a sudden I turn around and boom, somebody goes all Edward Snowden on me and leaks all my secrets to the world. It was nobody's business what other devices we compared with Amico hardware, whether it's the T-Mobile Sidekick or the BlackBerry 7100 or the Tiger R-Zone, that's our business. That was for nobody's eyes but mine and the team members I haven't hired yet. <laughs> and I know when I was fighting about the stock photos that I accidentally said stick photos, but that's an easy mistake. We use stick photos, too. It's what we make, like, half our games with. <laughs> Everyone better back off because I can be a bad dude when I want to be, okay? I can be bad like a California bagel. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? Oh, jeez. To- Tommy. Thomas. Wow. Tom. Oh, Tom. Tom. Tom oh, for Tom. the business. Uh, Tom on the business side. Tom. The business side. Tom. So, t- Tom, Tom is, is upset about the, about the leaks. Yeah. I, I don't know. We, bad we, like a California bagel. That's pretty fucking bad. I know. God, we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't. Well, is, is that stay it? Stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> All right. That's it for the CU podcast. This was a fun one, Ian. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, it was. What are you thinking about? The Snowden leaks? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry as shit. No, I got hungry. You, you, you talked about all the, the fine stuff and the burgers and mm-hmm. yeah. I'm a rumbling here. Gonna go home and have a tamale. Oh, 
You bring Pat Tamale? No. No, I didn't. Right. We, we can do tamale. We could have a tamale cupcake exchange. <laughs> could have done exchange. All right, that's it. We'll see you next week. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. <laughs>